We talk a lot about recluse clutches on this show, and recluse is famous for their auto clutch, even though they make lots of different clutch-related components. Specific to the auto clutch, it's a drop-in part that basically does all of the work that you would be doing with your fingers internally inside the motor. It doesn't shift the gears for you. It just operates the clutch pretty much to a perfect level. It's very adjustable. There's lots of different setup options, and you can get that clutch to work however you like. You can get it so you never have to touch the lever. There's some setups where you can still use it like a normal clutch, but the bike just won't stall anymore. So Recluse is responsible for getting these podcasts uploaded. They're supporting this show so you can learn about stuff. And if you want to learn about Recluse, you can go to www.recluse.com. Again, that's R-E-K-L-U-S-E, www.recluse.com. Could this be the last ever episode of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday? You're going to have to wait and find out because maybe, just maybe, there'll be another one. Or this is the last one. So if you want it to come out again, then you'd better share this one we need a lot more eardrums on the back end of it okay so enjoy the show live from Pahrump this is the show that we call Tech Talk Taco Tuesday and we talk about dirt bikes and dirt bike related products Uh, we answer your questions Uh, we do this um well, lately we do this when Jimmy feels like doing this because because um, Logan, I I told Logan, I said, Logan, I think you're going to have to take over Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. You're going to have to just do the whole thing. Didn't I tell you that? Maybe. Maybe, but you didn't pay attention. No. And you haven't been taking notes. How many shows have you been on, Logan? Uh, Six, no, 58. 58 of them. But I guess. Okay, that's a good. Yeah, I was going to say 60. I was going to guess maybe more. Um, and so you're totally prepared to be the host of this show when I, like, keel over and die. Because uh, everybody expects this, you know. Yeah. They, they, they want, they want on, on Tuesday night, they want Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. And we all know in this world that we live in, they're like there's things like COVID and then we ride dirt bikes and both of those things can kill you. And what happens if I, probably more likely if I go ride my dirt bike and something bad happens, then then Tech Talk Taco Tuesday has to go on. So you've got to take the reins, right? Uh, yeah. Got it. Okay. So so tonight, why don't you answer all the questions? All right. And then I'll read them. Is that better? Let's try this. <laughs> oh, that's game right there. <laughs> so, um, no, I'm just picking on Logan. I, I, do, I do I pick on you a lot in this show? A little bit. A little bit. Okay, but you keep coming back. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's uh, Tuesday night. It's uh, it's a full moon. I was just informed by uh, Mojave Bob. And now we'll, should we start calling you Prump Bob or just um, like um, Bob? Bob, who knows, <laughs> Bob, wherever, Bob. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know where I'm at either. Yeah. So, um, Bob said it's a full moon. He said, he said, be warned. So it's a good advice. Um, I'm sure some people have some questions about what's going on with, um, dirt bike test. And I'm going to answer that question. Um, probably because I went on vacation uh, a couple times or we no the network canceled the show. You knew that, right? Logan. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that last week the network canceled the show and the weekend before I was, did we do a show or was I just on vacation? I was gone. I just, I just dropped out. So, um, and then on the, at the, the, the problem is, is technically the company that runs dirt bike test, uh, stopped doing business at the beginning of the year. So technically on December 31st, 2020, the, the company that, that owns, that does all this, whatever this was, kind of stopped operating. And that was because, um, well, we hadn't lost any money, but we hadn't made any money, the, this company. And, and some of the partners in the company, some of their things changed and folded. And they kind of went away. And, and when we, so we did this digital magazine, which we did last year. I hope everybody looked at it. Well, and if you didn't, you could be part of the problem, but then again, you're not to blame because maybe you didn't know about it. So a lot of stuff was, we were really trying to, to kind of inject some, some enthusiasm and make stuff happen with, um, you know, to, to get this rolling. And it just didn't do what it should have done. And there's a, you can sit here, especially in my position and point fingers and say, you did this wrong and you did that wrong. And, and, and every time I point a finger, I have to point it back at myself and say, well, you didn't do this and you didn't, you didn't do that. And I, um, unfortunately, uh, just maybe didn't have time to do it or wasn't that super invested in, um, doing all that stuff. So, and it's funny cause I decided that tonight we were going to come on this show and kind of explain what, uh, you know, what was going on. So, cause I really appreciate the people that show up on Facebook every Tuesday night, the, the, the 40 to 60 to maybe five of you, whatever it may, however many it is that are paying attention. I feel obligated to kind of explain this because this was sort of a passion project for me. Um, but, Right now, we're in the midst of deciding where all this stuff goes. Like, where does, you know, how does how does it all kind of, um, um, where does it all land? Where, where does the dust settle kind of thing? But it rained, you know that? Yeah. It snowed. Yeah. And there was no dust today. None. No dust to settle. Right? Yes. Yeah, so I didn't care today. I just, the, the 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 probably the biggest reason we're doing this show tonight right now is why. We had great writing. Right. <laughs> exactly. I and, and that's what motivates me to want to come on and talk about dirt bikes when I have a good riding experience and we it was like it could not have been I mean, your ride over here was a little shitty, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. What so you you rode down the street from your house and you go you go straight out and then you cross the last road and then you're on to dirt. Well, it's not pavement, right? Not pavement. Then what happened? Um, I went about quarter mile, and I was like, okay, this is okay, it's okay. And then it got super bad. I was like, explain oh, all right. explain super bad, because I saw what super bad looked like and like it's not that you crashed. It just nope. What does it look like? 
Oh, it was like um, just giant mud things, this big popping out in front of you. <laughs> it was just donut, like, donut, oh we- donut wheels? Yeah. Yeah. It's like Logan rode the first lap of practice, like yeah. all, all the way to my house. Because it's funny because in Prump, we have, we have 360 degrees of dirt around the city. And like if you go straight north, it's kind of rock. And then the more you go to the south, uh, you know, I would say the southeast, it's sand. Yeah. And and you're kind of you're kind of when you go straight south, you get to we'll call it moon dirt, silt, yeah, dry lake stuff. And that that swings all the way up until the rocks. There's this whole area where it's just it it's poof dirt silt. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah. The, yeah, so he had an interesting ride over here. I saw his bike, and I was like, literally, like, oh, this is a bad decision. We shouldn't have gone riding. But in my head, something told me it's, yeah. you know, because I know, I know where I don't really ride over in your area that much. No. Yeah. So I we use that. We go over there because there's lots of good roads for like rally training and stuff. And and but I really don't want to go hit the the carpet jumps and the the there's some there's some good rocks over there. Some yeah. rocks to crawl around on. But it's um, um why is my computer wanting to update? The software right now. This is so typical. I'm trying to close it down. Um, so anyways, uh, but we went riding and it was just, it was one of those days that you, you like, I think this, these days you want to post on the, you want to post on Facebook about it or you want to put an Instagram photo or something like, like, but I didn't want to stop riding. Like, yeah. you, you know, we rode up the sand dune where we did on the, on the sand hill track. Yeah. That sand dune with that, with the snow on it and the sand dune and yes. everything like that. It was like, you look at that and you go, oh, we should take a picture of this because it's so rad. It never happens like this. And like, and I'm like, screw it. Yeah. <laughs> Missing of the 30 seconds of riding was not worth it. Yeah. Not worth it. Not worth it. So, um, Anyways, uh, so kind of back to back to that, that's probably the main reason why we're doing the show, because like earlier today when I was just running around doing my normal stuff, um, I was kind of like, ah, I'll skip it again. I don't I don't I don't necessarily need to do it. I don't I've kind of I've untied myself from certain obligations. Um, speaking of obligations, you're gonna have to grab one of those old sheets and we're going to just we're going to talk about uh, Well, that's a good one to take because I, I have to talk about some of that stuff, too. But uh you got to do your read. Oh. <laughs> the work part of this? This one or? No, the, the Honda one. That one right there. Yeah, you got to do you got to do that. So um, this show has been brought to you by, uh, maybe may brought to you by in the future. Could, could be, but uh, we're not super tied in right now because you want to know how I'm deciding whether we're, did, um, we're doing it, but I haven't been paid. We haven't been paid. The company wasn't paid for this, and this is the this is the okay. So here's the hell that I'm that I'm that I deal with. This is probably mm, a solid thirty percent of it. It's like so we have these sponsors that come in, and some of them are awesome to deal with. They just you send them an invoice, the check shows up right away. Um, you don't have to explain to them that no, we're dirt bikes and dirt motorcycles and off road. And they're like, Oh, but we have this really interesting, you know, we're, we're really pushing our touring bike this year Tour like on road touring bike. Oh no, it's the touring bike. No, it's on road. Oh, 
yeah, yeah, but well, aren't you motorcycle? <laughs> yeah. And and it's 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 I have to have this discussion, and then it's like, no, I can't. If if I if I did a read for and I, I kind of you know you, if you know enough to understand what I'm talking about, Ryan, if I did a read for a company's touring motorcycle, you would think we were idiots. Like if if I had Logan right now tell you about the six cylinder, you know, with Bose sound and integrated, like your mind talks to the computer and it rides itself. Like you, you would not be interested in that as a, as a viewer of this, this podcast or live show. And for me to have the time I have to spend to explain that. And then, then I have to kind of chase them down and, and tell them that, no, 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 we're, we're two-wheeled or dirt bikes. It's like, oh, oh, okay, oh, which one is that? <laughs> and you're dealing with this company's multi-million dollar marketing budget, and we're trying to get a couple nickels out of it. And so this this stuff is difficult for me. And it's it's not on the person. The person at the agency is just doing their job. They are doing a job, and they got interested in advertising and advertising agency. The fact that they worked for a motorcycle company or maybe that that company is now a power sports company, or maybe that they maybe they're managing the whole budget for the whole brand. You know whether that involves cars and other stuff, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand their job as much as they don't understand what we do, and so those those hells are um, part of the reason that that because we don't have it's like dirt bike test was essentially three dudes in their spare time doing. Um, you know, doing the work. So that's I, that's thirty percent of it. Is just like I I don't want to do that. I just wanted to be Jimmy. I want to produce content. I want to ride dirt bikes. Tell you about how they work. Be reliable, incredible, and and then so I'll get to the the, the two next thirty percent <laughs> as we as we dive into this show. And I'll try to explain this um, if I can remember exactly which thirty percent I'm talking about, but. The, the verse is just dealing with the, the, the business side of it, which I understand business and economics and stuff like that just enough to be to, to make myself somewhat successful. But to figure out, you know, how budget codes work and how to submit things and, and you know, uh, do RP request for proposals, you know, fill out requests for proposals, which is basically an ad agency telling me to do their job for them and then sell them on the program that they're going to all of a sudden say they discovered and then pay me to do I'm like, really? <laughs> it's like, it's like, you should know who you, you, you should. And, and here's the problem is, is that they just go, they go on Google or they go on something and search some key terms. And then they see who the quote influencers are. And that influencer is the same guy who can ride a motorcycle with 40 pounds of air in the rear tire and tell you how it works and not know it. And then he gets more views. So he's better at tagging his stuff or you know, attracting viewers. And this is, this is the conundrum. And I've got a, I've got a rant about that later on too. I was going to let you talk more, Logan, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So should we, should we go to the questions on the, should we go to the question? No, you're going to read your read. All right. Okay. You do that. Um, Honda and their new 2021 CRF 450R is designed to take you straight from the starting gate to victory circle. This awesome open-class motocrosser features all-new chassis and, ma- 
major engine overhaul, new suspension, and new bodywork. And you can forget about clutch fade, adjustment, or hand fatigue with the new hydraulic clutch system. Lighter than ever, the CRF450R explodes out of corners when it's time to increase your lead. So get down get so get on down to your local dealer and check out the 2021 Honda CRF450R. Go to mx.honda.com to see our full lineup of competition bikes. The CRF450R is intended for closed course operation only. Good job. Too, too, too bad we're not going to have to read that anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just when you nail it. You had the KTM one pretty much hooked when we finally went that one. And then, and I I suspect that we lost that because I didn't nurse it. You know, I didn't I didn't go babysit the relationship. And so, um, and, and I'm not babysitting the Honda one either. <laughs> Because <laughs> it doesn't. Because this is all paid for. All this. This is the, all the equipment and stuff here. You, you fans out in the in the audience, you're paid for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you paid to be here, right? Yeah, you get your invoice I mean the well the invoice. <laughs> I mean Logan collects five bucks at the door, right, bro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man, hey, I saw a lot of good. Uh, um, uh, comments on the thing. I got to kind of respond to some of these things. Yeah. So um, for sure, um, thanks for welcoming me back, Rusty. Uh, oh, about the shirts because <laughs> I sent I sent out some shirts and I know I have some orders that I haven't gotten to in two weeks. That portion of of dirt bike test for sure is getting shut down. Like the Shopify, the thing that we have, and it's 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 expenses that that you know it, it didn't you know. Didn't make sense, but I'm not going to do it. And I have the current inventory of shirts, which I might give to somebody that's more interested in handling that. But I'm going to shut the Shopify down. So if you want shirts, so what time is it right now? I'm just going to timestamp this. It's 7.19 p.m. on uh, January 26, 2021, in case you're listening to this at a later date. That Shopify is going to exist for a maximum two more days, so so forty eight hours from right now. If the order isn't placed by then, you cannot get another dirt bike test T shirt in any way, shape, or form that I know of, uh, other than like beg <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I'm not sure. So um, so if you're if you're interested, I, I think I have two or three pending orders. I'm pretty sure the people I, I noticed the names, some of the names. The people that ordered shirts are in the chat room right now, and uh, I'll get to those. But in 48 hours, I'm going to shut that whole operation down. So um, good on that. Uh, yeah, I'm wearing a Baja Designs hat. It's actually, Baja Designs uh, is one of the people on my uh, happy list. Actually, I should have gone and looked at the list of uh, the people that paid us for the magazine like they were supposed to. Don, Dan, Sweet Shui, 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 Shui. How do you say that? S C H E W E. This in the chat room. Shoe, shoe, shoe. Says KTM five hundred world domination. Prove me wrong. Um. Okay, I'll prove you wrong. <laughs> Bell. Huh. Bell. Bell. The Bell. Oh. No, I'm talking about a KTM 500. That's totally legit. Yeah. It's that other bike we don't talk about. We kind of got like our tongues clipped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of 
I'm telling you that I'm, I've been having a couple KTM 500 um, not so happy moments, but I did somehow just get um, did I get suckered into, or did I just buy a new one? Uh, I I got a. Uh, should I tell the gym story <laughs> about <laughs> so so my, my buddy Jim, who uh, is one of my uh, coaches at the school. Um, I want to just say Jim is not a motorcycle guy. Not like he's not a motorcycle enthusiast, although he did, somebody did produce a picture of him on like an old PE 250 Suzuki Enduro bike back in the day. So he's been around for a while, but doesn't, I never talked to Jim about like motorcycle racing or anything. He, he just likes riding dirt bikes. He, and he came to my school a couple times and then he kept coming to the school and then he wanted to come and rent a bike and ride all over the place because he lived in New York. Um, so anyways, he, he retired um, and moved out to St. George, Utah and bought a KTM 500. He bought the six days edition and it was a two, 2020. He bought the Portugal one, the one that was for the Portugal um, or it was 2019. I don't know. It's one of those 2019, 2020. It's ISD Portugal bike he had it he rode it for a long time well a year and a half um lots of miles thing was well set up and he needed to get a new air filter for it um you know because i guess his other one was worn out or whatever so he went down to the dealership and bought an air filter but they had a brand new one uh that said italy on it (laughs) uh you know six to five ktm 500 six days said italy he went home and uh and said his wife he said hey they had one just like just like uh, mine, but it, instead of saying Portugal, it said Italy. <laughs> and uh, and she says, oh, "Why didn't you buy it?" Well, I didn't. I didn't know I could. So he went down and bought it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he went down and bought it. You know, he's done well for him, so he's good. Went down and bought you know bought an air filter, bought a brand new bike, brought it home, and then and then so he brought them both here, and then he proceeded to start taking all of his parts, his steering damper, he has Scott's steering damper and stuff, and his turbo clamp, he put moved it over his his uh, Cherby's tank, he moved over, he liked all of his stuff, you know, that he had on his on his bike, and so he he was proceeding to move his recluse clutch, all the all the things, and uh and then and then he goes, Jimmy, I think you should buy this bike, <laughs> this really nice. Uh, so I guess it's the 19, whichever the Portugal one is. It doesn't matter. It's a, it's a KTM 500. It's a good bike. So I think I may have bought that bike somehow, way, shape, or form. Uh, uh, it's in my garage. I bought it without a rear wheel because he said the one thing he wanted to have a spare rear wheel. So he said, can I take the one off that one? I'm like, mm, I think so. You're selling it to me and just without a rear wheel. <laughs> so he said, because he, he noticed I have a lot of rear wheels because we're always switching them around from all the rental bikes and stuff. So he, I have extra ones. So anyways, um, so um, KTM 500 is really, it's dominating my wallet right now. <laughs> so yeah, I, I need to upgrade some because my I, I started realizing uh, that my old ones are actually really, really old. They have probably too many miles on them. You know, we're talking and getting close to thousands of hours on these bikes, and it's enough mileage and hours on these bikes that I probably shouldn't be riding them as hard as we do, especially when we're doing rally training. So I'm looking at kind of like I'm looking at preserving one a little bit more only for rally training and then and then taking the other ones and um, moving them into our rental uh, rental fleet. So, um, okay. Uh, thanks, Marcus. I did deserve my vacation. Um, 
Uh, Todd Kelly says he missed his uh, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Mike Spurgeon says um, that's Taco Mike says the magazine was terrific. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Might be a one and done. You're going to have to talk to the other people about that. Uh, we will We will see. Um, let's see. Dwayne Coulter says, being a business guy is harder than it looks. Everyone. Hell, most people aren't very good at business, but you sure are good at writing and teaching writing. Well, thanks, Dwayne. Um, I, I do okay with business because I just treat my business like a checking account. It needs to have money in it, and, and I don't run on credit cards. And so uh, we were, Dirt Bike Test, Moto Media, the company that owns it, was never in, never really in debt. Well, not until the last part of the last year. We kind of went into a little bit of debt, and I loaned it money to bounce it out of the hole, and then I decided it needed to be shut down. So, um, Jimmy, there isn't another source out there with your insight and expertise, honesty, et cetera. You leave, that's a huge void. Well, uh, we'll get into that. That's the next 30%. That's some of that uh, later. Um, let's see. Jimmy and Logan riding together is like me riding with my son. So much fun. I'm not your dad. Your dad's right there. Yeah. I don't crash as much, Tim, do I? I don't know. You don't know. Are you no. just being safe here? I just go big when I do it. Does he tell you how to ride as much as I do? No. 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 I'm he just he just lets you go. I've never taught yeah. him how to do anything. Anything else to teach him. Uh let's see. Rusty Neal, how do we help you keep going? Okay, that's a good question, uh, Rusty. I appreciate it. You know, it, it, when we first started doing this podcast, um, I kind of talked about like, you know, hey, this thing needs to get sponsored and everything like that. And then, I believe it or not, a few people just out of the blue figured out how to send money, like through some of these um, sources. <clears throat> and I don't, my, my goal was, my initial thing was like, I don't, because we talk about, products and companies that you know that, that have that have supported us and everything and i and i'm like that's a pretty good endorsement i mean i like i i sell myself to these companies like it's like look if i'm going to talk positively about your your stuff like you should have to pay for that in some way shape or form um it's kind of like a sponsorship it's a sponsorship like you sponsor a top racer because they go out and win races you you want to you want to i don't do that anymore but you want to sponsor what i'm doing which is talking about stuff because I, be, you know, and I wouldn't talk positively about your product if I didn't believe in it. So I'm going to, I'm probably going to roll some of this stuff into some stuff you're going to see uh, me roll out through Jimmy Lewis off road through our riding and training classes and stuff. So there, there'll be a way this, this format, I, you know, we've spent enough time. I don't want to just like ash can tech talk, taco Tuesday. I like doing this. I like it when I get good questions. I like explaining the questions, I want to, you know, have people get educated, but I don't feel like the way we were doing it before when we were, uh, had the ability to promote products that, you know, in, in <laughs> the last few months, you know, I've had people come to me and say, Hey, can I, you know, can I give you this? I'm like, uh, yeah, you can give, give it to me. And like, you know, like they'll, they'll want to give it to you or they'll say, well, can you, can you put it on dirt bike test or can you do something with it? And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in my free time. And they're like, uh, Okay, yeah. Okay, oh, you're, you're free. T when uh, when's that? I'm like uh, free time. You know, I'm just like you know, you know how you have free free time all the time, and you just that's when you just do your, and you just see them all of a sudden. They realize it's like, what do you 
what are you saying, Jimmy? And I'm like, well, I'll get to it. And that's a free product. I'll just get to it in my free time. The paid products kind of take priority. And I do have some stuff that, that I was, you know, other jobs that pay, you know, there's jobs that have, um, a, 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 there's a, there's a, there's a, a payment involved. It's like, I'm going to do, you know, I'm doing this. And a lot of it's, most of it actually is not editorialized. It's not, I don't really talk about it. I'm doing something on, on a product development side or whatever. And I don't talk about it. Just it's that's, I've got to do that work first. And then I have other things that I'm doing for my, for myself, for our writing school and stuff. So the free time is kind of, uh, there was less and less of it if there was much. And then, and then the free time, unfortunately, the free time kind of gets, you know, that writing time that, yeah. that kind of gets put in between the, the, the paid time and the free time there's writing time which is part of me doing all the other jobs in total. So net net free time was kind of in short supply. So I wasn't able to get to it and, and therefore um, that didn't uh, work out. So um, yeah, George, no, do not send money. Do not try to send money. And so if I wanted, if I wanted money in that way, I would do something like a Patreon or like what a lot of these other people are doing. Um, but all of a sudden that, put some sort of an obligation kind of like I have to some of the sponsors that we, we're going to produce X amount of content. And, you know, in order to make this thing work, it was going to take more than I could do. And unfortunately, you know, we couldn't get that much done in, and whether it was, you know, on me or Trevor or Scott or however to get it done, it just wasn't going to get done. And I'm like, dude, you, we've, we're, we're writing checks that we can't cash. So we can't, can't do this. And that's what the magazine kind of was starting to turn into. And we were literally, I would say a third of the way into the next issue and, and stuff started going South. So, so I, uh, yeah. So no money can't fix this problem, George. It's uh, time. <laughs> uh, I'm a sellout. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. I was only, let's see. I only play role mix of what I'm um, talking about dirt. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I did send money back to not only one guy. It was actually a few guys I sent money back to. <laughs> any other, any good questions on there, Logan? You see some? Uh, uh, Victor has a funny one at the end. <laughs> oh, Victor, huh? Yeah. Hey, Victor's part of my problem. <laughs> Victor. So in, in the garage right there. Victor hooked me up with a super awesome set of cabinets that I need I need to go install them. So that cuts into my free time, where which is kind of how I do a lot of this stuff. So see, Victor, by you getting me those awesome cabinets, and Victor said, hey, you know, I probably helped him. I maybe helped him out. You know, he's like, hey, this, they were probably, I don't know if they're going to trash him or he has a way to get rid of him, but he found Jimmy, and Jimmy shows up with his little truck and full Sanford and Sons, loaded those things up and took them out of here, and they're going to go in my uh, in my barn in my shop. It'll be really nice. So, um, uh, Jim rides more than Jimmy now. Uh, that's what George says. That's, that could be true. That's going to change. <laughs> Jimmy needs a marketing and sales guy to drum up business and jump through hoops. I, I thought that I partnered with one or two of those guys, but not so much. Yeah. Okay. What's, what is, what does Victor say? Uh, I would suggest that you say it. 
Oh, why? Does that have bad words in it? <laughs> probably. Oh, probably. Okay, let me scroll down to the other. How far down is it? Is it it's way the down there? most recent one. The most second recent. to most recent one. He says two. Okay, let me scroll down to the second. Um, uh, Victor, here we go. Can I say... <laughs> Can I send nudes instead? <laughs> instead of money. <laughs> uh, you know, um, no. <laughs> no. You can get those free on the internet. And that's it. That's the 30% of the problem I'm going to talk about in a few minutes. <laughs> uh, thanks. Um, okay, I'm going to skip some of those other uh Questions. Um, what's our? What's our? Where? What? So I, I got. That's what it's going. What are we going to talk to Kevin? What does Kevin Moore say? Um, the biggest difference between EX three fifty and the KTM XC three fifty color plastics, Husky swing arm, no map switch, cast triple clamps, header without reasonal resonance chamber. Res- so this is Kevin Moore. I'll tell you a little bit more about this. We're going to take the deep dive into <laughs> this. Um, it's it's um, so I'll, I'll read this part. So he says you were concerned about the vibration through a different exhaust and thought a different exhaust might help. It is less expensive to buy a KTM versus a new header and handlebar mount and a map switch. It seems like a header pipe shootout is needed. FMF Pro Circuit two stock headers. Rubber bar mounts or borrow a KTM 350 EXC and test swapping parts. The flexibility of the cast triple plants might be preferred by some. Okay, so this is what Kevin said. And I think Kevin had, like, um, he made zero videos on YouTube. This is a comment on a YouTube video I made. He, he's made zero videos on YouTube because I wanted to see how he explained stuff. And I'm not picking on Kevin, although I'm just using him as an example. So, yes, I am picking on you. Poor guy. He took the time to actually type this out, which takes something. And it, he thought about this. But what, it, you know, it's like, where did you get that information? Where did you, Kevin, get the information uh, that you just delivered back to me? Which which I think we put this stuff out in our test as well. But he, he felt the need to say, okay, yeah, color, plastics, of course, that husky swing arm. Yes, we know this. We talked about it. No map switch. You, you know, he's kind of... He's watched everybody else's video and he's collected that and he's coming back and trying to tell me like this is this is what it is. But he obviously, you know, he someplace and I, I'd love to know where because this is the problem is sometimes I have to kind of take a deep dive into where these guys are getting their information from. Like, why did all of a sudden he's starting to think and I and I this is true that that sometimes the exhaust systems equate to the way that the bike feels in something so similar as vibration. Um, and says, I'm concerned about, he said, we were concerned about vibration and thought a different exhaust might help. I don't know. I don't know where he's tying those two things together. I did this. It's, it's, it's funny because it made me think about it because I've have ridden, you put a certain exhaust on and the bike actually vibrates differently because generally, because it shifts the power or, the exhaust system actually vibrates. I've had that happen before um, because they're heavier or lighter, whatever. Um, and then he kind of goes in, you just, you know, pointing around different things about difference between a gas gas and a KTM and what might cost or not cost. Um, how much time do you think it would take to 
do what you suggest to get those two pipes. So, okay, let's just say I'm Kevin and I want to do this. How do you get a KTM, two KTM headers, because there's different ones, and an FMF and a pro circuit pipe besides just going out and buying them? Like, how, how do you do that? I mean, I can call them and probably get them if I explained what I was doing. But, okay, how much time does that take me to do it? And we start talking about, like, what this would involve me to do to to do what he's what he's requesting. We're talking, okay, there's, there's you know, whether it's drafting emails or, you know, calling around, there's two, four hours um, set up there. Then getting the two different bikes, you know, I can probably manage to get one from KTM, get a KTM or whatever. But sometimes that's tough because KTM is sold out of motorcycles. And, you know, it, you think about it, it's like, let's just do this. If if we were, when I was back at Dirt Rider Magazine, we would have all these bikes sitting there and I would have staff that in, in you would have people to do this. But in, in my things, now that I've kind of scaled down out of that and it's just Jimmy doing this stuff, I have no way of doing this in a cost-effective manner to make it worth my time to answer the question you're talking about. So I rely a little bit on my experience that I know what a that header pipe does on the majority of KTMs because I've tested them and that motor's the same. So it it it's like it's like you want this level of of testing and and stuff and you expect it for free or you know you just want to watch a YouTube video for it and we have, you know, it's like we had a magazine, but if you were really pumped on our stuff, how come we didn't, how come it only, you know, 10,000 people saw it, not 50,000 or a hundred thousand or something. And by the way, the guy who rides the gas gas and gives you an impression with 40 pounds air in the tire gets 140,000 people looking at it. So how come the quality testing doesn't get more? So, yeah, so I don't know. Am I just bitching tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, but, uh, anyways, that's, uh, it, it's in here. So here's something else funny. And I'm pretty sure you can look at our test. I think I rode the, the gas, gas, um, uh, T the, the two stroke. We did a test on the two stroke, um, cross country bike, the EX 250, I think it was, or 350, 300. Yeah, so it was the two-stroke one, and I I commented, I I think I wrote about it that the bike felt more like lively and responsive. It felt more aggressive than the KTM TPI bikes. This is a TPI bike. It felt more aggressive, and I didn't think much of it, but I just said, hey, it feels like this. I'd like to do, you know, I wanted to tune the power valve a little bit because it felt like it could get better. But notice it, and now all of a sudden, all over the internet, there's, hey, that bike has a different flywheel. It's actually a different part number than the KTM and the Husky ones. Like nobody told me that, you know, at the at the intro. And this is the kind of information that I would expect them to tell you. But I rode the bike and it was it felt different. And I noted that it felt different. And now all of a sudden, okay, there's a different flywheel. Did anybody else say that there was different feeling performance, whatever on on those particular bikes? So they're just all regurgitating whatever they here and this is what kevin's doing kevin's regurgitating what he read at other things and i have to backpedal or not i don't backpedal i just say i'm not really sure that that person's review is accurate because 
he rode it with 40 pounds of air in the tires. Or he, you know, everybody's opinion is valid. It's just how much experience are you backing up against that sort of thing. So what, is, what does Harley want to know? Um, hey, Jimmy. As you have, I've been on a YZ450FX and using it to cover all my off-road bases. I hit the MX track regular, regularly this t- time of year and trail ride with it year-round. I'm thinking I may get a Pure MX bike next, maybe the YZ250F. And to go with it, I'm considering a KTM 300. I think I'm pretty much decided on an on a XC, figuring it would be better for desert riding and acceptable for the first and second gear trails around here. Suspension-wise, I was thinking the XCW would be too soft, and the AE. Our fork would be very tunable for different types of rides. But then I read and saw your videos on the 2020 XCW. You had very favorable words about the boingers. That would be the suspension, yeah. On the W. That's what the old people call them. What do you, what do you young kids call boingers? What is a boinger? <laughs> it's a suspension. Oh. Yeah, because they're boing, they go boing, boing, up and down, right? Yeah. What's a boinger to you? Uh, I shouldn't ask, right? (laughs) (laughs) Keep keep reading. Sorry. So (laughs) now I'm back on the fence between the two. A big question is if the XC has a power character that allows it to chug at super low RPM. If it is closer to the to the SX two stroke. Can I can I coach you through answering this question? Sure. You you, uh, you met Harley. Was he at the last class? He's on a YZ, or was he at the class that you weren't at? I think the time. He's on a YZ four fifty FX. Yeah, I think that was the one I missed. When, when you missed, okay. So um, um. So it's funny because that that question is all over the place. You you look at it, and this is this is the, this is what happens. Like you you get excited about motorcycles, and you're like you're and he's got a really nice bike. His YZ four fifty FX is a good bike. It fits the kind of riding he's doing. You know, he's, he's like I would call him an aggressive trail rider. He lives in he lives in Vegas near the yeah. Vegas area. Likes aggressive trail riding, and and that bike is is pretty good for him. But he's an enthusiast. So it's like, is there a better bike? And and like he says, he's he's going now. He's starting to go to the track. And he wants to do that kind of stuff, and and so you, you you if you if you don't have a if you don't have fifty seven motorcycles in your fleet to choose from, you know you, you have one or two or or you know and, and that's what he kind of asks is like does he does he you know get a you know go get a KTM three hundred or maybe he needs a motocross bike and an and an off road bike and you know. Your dad's guilty of being motocross bike guy, but I see he's saw the dark side and now he's buying trail riding bikes or XEWs, right? You like those. Yeah. They're better for hauling your girlfriend around. Sure. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) She likes the clean burning, uh, low vibration, uh, two strokes counterbalanced, right? Uh, 
Does she like the well, she like the one twenty five or she like the three hundred? I like the three hundred, so I just ride the three hundred and then Okay. So she doesn't get any say in the matter. It's like whatever bike you have access to, that's the one she gets to ride with you on? Yeah. Okay. Just checking. I don't know how this works these days. You kids are in a whole different world. So you start thinking about like, do I do I need do I need two bikes or and it's so here's if you're if you're sitting there if you're like a multitask rider, you want to do everything, you, you're going to have to make sacrifices. There's no one perfect bike, no matter whether we're talking about, I want a, I want a light-duty adventure bike. Like, does your light-duty adventure bike need to go X amount of miles down the highway, or does it need to go down a single-track trail? Then, then, you, then you, you're, you're starting to think, it's, I, want a, I want a do-all dirt bike. Um, do you want to suffer on the trails, or do you want to have to not have as much safety and or you know on the motocross track so there's 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 always it's it's there's there's give and take on any of these questions and i think you you know i was able to take a ktm 300 xcw and do a works race on it and of course half of the you know not half of the course i'd say one third of the course was motocross it was on motocross tracks or you know, motor, you know, Grand Prix motocross tracks where there was jumps. Where that bike suffers is anytime you do any sort of a, of a, anything that that will compress the suspension, like you know, a big load in the suspension, it uses up more stroke and travel, and then it also rebounds out quicker. So you have to kind of adjust the way you ride. Would I take a? You know, I always have a motor. That's what the YZ125 is. That's that's my motocross bike. That's for being aggressive and and riding because I know the suspension is set up. And if it hadn't bogged, I would have hit that jump out there. Oh. Yeah, I would have done it. I would have tried it for sure. Because I know I can get up on the flat part. I don't know if I can make that transition down. I have no idea. So there's a jump jump these guys built out there and nobody's hit it. They spent a lot of time shaping and crafting this jump. They actually were out there watering it before the rain and everything. I showed Logan, and he's like, "What's up with this?" Because <laughs> you look at the shape of it, and it's it's freestylish, yeah. but really quick transition. And when we were out riding the other day, I had the um, we had the gas gas in the one twenty five XC, and the guys were out there watering it, and they saw us ride up, and we have you know we're doing photos and stuff, so you know we're out riding, we have nice gear and everything. So of course we're the guys that are going to hit it. They're like, "You guys going to hit it?" And I'm like looking at him like, "Okay, I see that jump." I said, "Hold on a second. I went over and I rode up on the. It's kind of like goes to a table, and there's a little bit of a transition. I kind of I said, "Where's the landing? Like like if you're going to get shot off this thing, where are you expecting to land? Because it's the transition's pretty kind of crazy." <laughs> So, but I would have done it on the YZ because I know I could have hopped up and I could have at least saw how that thing, because I have yeah. no idea where the trajectory is, but I know I could have got up in the flat spot and that bike is sprung stiff enough to where I could do a motocross landing. Had I been on an enduro bike, not only would I not do it because the way that bike would have gone into it. And compressed I and then. The re- compressed too much. Yes. And rebound. Like I know my YZ would go in there and compress nicely and, and, and take off like a supercross. It's, it's kind of supercross style jump. I know how it would have taken off and I can trust it where an XC to get the speed you need to get up to even the safe zone. It's a mystery. Yeah. And so here's the conundrum. Okay. Now we're dealing with suspension. And then it's like, what about the power? And like, yeah, I can always modify that by how far I turn the throttle and what I do with the clutch, et cetera, et cetera. But 
you know, so you're you're making all these kind of you know these compromises on like what I'm, if you're a one type rider, I only ride single track, I only ride in the mountains. It's so easy to find the right bike, but when you start, and that's where these FX like his YZ450 FX is a great bike for that. Uh, KTM makes 350XC that that gas gas uh, 350EX we had is a is a good middle of the road bike. Uh, I I could take that and and I would have no problem going to the motocross track right now on any of those bikes. Is it as good as a motocross bike because of the holdup? For me, no, because I can ride it fast enough to feel a, a difference between a true motocross bike and a, and a off-road bike. But at the same time, if I, I never ride a motocross bike off-road just because I don't want the punishment. So that's where the, the, the line is drawn in the sand for me. So um, the the power characteristic um and i think that's i think it comes down to this big question um you know when the power characteristic you could that's easy to modify you can do that with pipes and fuel tuning and you can kind of make these motors these days do a lot of stuff i'm more worried about how the suspension works and how the chassis responds and you know do you want to spend the extra money to make make it work but the 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 XC bikes, you know, the Yamaha FXs, the KTM XCs, the Husky T TX, they call them. What do they call the Huskies TX, Hondas, um, uh, RX, uh, Kawasaki now has KX XC, the XC or Xs. They changed the name a couple times, but these are these bikes that are kind of crossover. Everybody has a different way of interpreting that. Like the KX ones are hundred percent motocross suspension. They didn't change anything, so. For me, I it it's almost like not even an option because I know what that. But maybe that eighteen inch rear wheel will take a little bit of the sting off of it, you know. So, just deciding where you're gonna go in that realm is kind of important. Um, so hopefully, Harley, I answered your question. Um, and then, like, is he does he, does he go back and forth between two stroke, four stroke, or not really? Uh, no, he's just. Wondering if you should get the YZ250 and the 300. Have two, have two bikes instead of one? I would say yes. <laughs> yeah, all day. Yeah. Why not? Why not have one more problem in the garage? <laughs> okay, what's our next one? Um, less death 69. Um, Jimmy, is there a point in washing your dirt bike if you only ridden in dry desert conditions? I don't lube my X chain ring, so no crud collects on it. I'm falling, failing to see the point in drowning my dirt bike, just to remove the fine dust. Plata. Patina. Placina. Uh, I, I do regular air filters and oil changes, of course, but why wash? Um, let's go around the horn on this one. Let's uh, let's go around the horn, Logan. Uh, what do you think about washing your bike in the desert? In the desert, in uh, the dust. <laughs> well, I know. No. I was going to say. I mean, I mean, your bike is a perfect example of it. I I asked him when we got done riding, to, even though it was mud. I go, Logan, you want on the bike? No, nah, I'll just do it at home, which means I'll not do it. But yeah, your bike came over, and there was still a lot of dust on it from your desert yeah. race. Yeah. So okay. So your answer is, do you want to wash your bike? Uh, not really. Not really means no. I don't wash them that often. I don't wash them that often. So like not father, like, like father said, and I know the answer to this one. I wipe it off with a dry rag. Okay, so Ned, 
who has a couple of bikes out here also. Um, I've never, I've never seen Ned wash a bike ever. (laughs) (laughs) And all that I've known, I know Ned, never seen him wash a bike. In fact, like, so Ned's my father-in-law. And so Heather's bikes used to show up around me and I'm like, good God, can we at least wash this thing so we can see where the problems are? (laughs) So, uh, Mojave Bob, Uh, air hose, hose. (laughs) so, so, uh, Four out of five people in this room do not wash their motorcycles. So, Les Death, you are um, uh, you're in company there. I I use my bike washing. I'm careful with it. I use a high pressure pre- pressure washer. Sometimes I use a medium pressure one, but I use a pressure washer most of the time. And I use it as a time to give my bike a once over. And I look where the dust accumulates. That's oil leaks or seals that are going. I and, and when I'm spraying things, I'm paying attention. Are there loose spokes here? Does this chain need to replace? Do this whatever? You know how when we when we're doing bikes at the school, which I yeah. make Logan wash bikes after our school, we wash all the bikes. Half of that procedure is a they need to look good for the clients or as yep. good as they can, but. It's to look the bikes, it's give it a chance to look it over. So whether you're doing it with an air hose or, or a pressure washer, I mean, I, I don't I don't think it's a big deal. And, and Bob is raising his hand. Yeah. Many people that use a high pressure washer don't know how to use it. And they, they ruin chains. They yes. Drive, they ruin steering stem bearings. They ruin uh, shock high ends. Yeah. It, you don't, you don't, you don't pressure wash the bearing openings and closings and stuff like that i mean i'll pressure wash around an exhaust oh i know I'll, I'll pressure wash around an exhaust opening and stuff but generally we run the bikes afterwards and we run, run them enough to where that you know if there's any water any place it'll it'll burn out right you get the so, hot again and so then, yeah then gets in, so immediately after wa- washing we ride the bike to take the water so it doesn't the residual water kind of flies off and so it doesn't sit there and do corroding or whatever it is but um it's a it's um I don't think you have to. Um, it's obviously proven effective for these guys. They're all they all still have motorcycles. And uh, uh, Bob, this is your this is your third question. Next time you're gonna have to pay. The, the prompt patina makes the bike look dead. Prompt patina makes the bike look dead. Yeah. It's got that pale ashen. Yeah. Look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the dirt here. Well, and plus our water is so spectacular as well. So. Um, Okay, uh, next one. Um, oh, so so actually, um, Harley was asking a couple other questions. Gearbox, gearbox wise, he's talking about the FX. Um, I may have preferred closer spacing. So this is another thing about motocross bikes or you know off road bikes is the gearboxes. It you you need to know do, do do the gaps in the gearbox that give you a longer spread bother you. Or do you need the close ratio like a motocross bike? And those those the the fact that you don't have a low first or a tall fifth or sixth does that bother you? These are questions you need to ask yourself in deciding uh, that bike. Um, yeah, so I feel like my riding will pretty much be splitting the intended purpose of the two models. So any words of insight? I hope those were words of insight. Yeah, you're answering that question next time because we get it every fourth show, right? Probably. Okay. You know how to answer it. I can just yeah. sit here and drink. Okay. 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 Next. Um, systematically diagnosing a problem. Okay. So this is something else I wanted to talk about today. So what, so we went out and we were out riding and my bike did something. Did I, I didn't talk about this yet. Did I? Cause I talked about it a couple. So my YZ125 had a bog and I kind of knew this because I went riding with, um, 
uh, Andrew Short and Eric Seiton, who was Ricky's mechanic before Dakar, when, when they got here a day early before we were doing training. So we all hopped on some 125s and went out and rode around. And I uh, put Eric on my super trick, mega awesome 2005 YZ125. And he kind of like, we were riding a little bit and he goes, dude, this thing has a gnarly bog. And I just blew him off. I'm like, it's a dude, it's a 125. Cause he told me he had to ridden a 125 for a long time. So this is what I just, ah, it's a 125. And then we were switching around on bikes because we had the KTM and the YZ125X and we were doing some back-to-back. And Andrew goes, dude, your bike has a pretty gnarly bog. Like Andrew says it. I mean, he knows what a bog is. And I'm like, really? Yeah, it's like that. I'm like, like, like seizing bog, hitting the kill button bog, running out of gas bog. Like, you know, he's like, I don't know. I was just like going and it, it did it. I'm like, more than once? He goes, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So I hopped on it and I noticed it real quick, but then I just hopped off it real quick and got on one of the better bikes. That's what you're supposed to do, especially when you have brand new bikes around. That's a valuable tip. Remember that, Logan. Yeah. (laughs) So it ran. It was running fine. It just evidently had a bog. And today we went out and we went out to the play area and we started like riding around doing some little jumps. And what's the first thing I said? Like this bog is really bad. (laughs) It was scaring me. You know, it, and and I'm and it was making me mad, and and I'm like, what the heck could it be? And it's like, okay, the it's got an it's got a relatively new fuel filter on it. Everything everything's good. I actually, I because of the bog, I actually pulled the spark plug out and looked at it just yeah, to make sure yeah. and checked the spark plug cap. And the first thing Logan did, to his credit, was I said it's got a bog. He reached in there and like checked my spark plug cap. Like I didn't ask him to. <laughs> he's like he's like, you know, is this is this good? So. And and I was thinking, I, as I said, I said, God, it, it could actually be kill button related or something. So, so here's here's how you like. Okay, I've got a little bit of problem. I know, you know, it's obviously a problem. What what is it? How can we diagnose it? And so it's like a typical motor. It's like okay, is it electrical or is it fuel or you know air spark fuel? And it's like the air filter's clean. I know this. It's good. Um, it seems like it's getting gas. It's running fine most of the time. And then it's kind of electrical. So, so I was thinking, I wonder if the stator's going bad or just something weird like that. So, so I was like trying to notice when did it do it? Like, what was the common symptom? Was it like wide open just when I was rolling on? But it seemed to be more on wide open throttle. So when I was doing this and it was it happening, but I couldn't figure out why. I actually tried pushing the kill button. I was like riding along and I hit the kill button. I noticed, oh, that's a completely different kind of feeling. I noticed when it was doing this bog. It, you could kind of tell most of the time before it would do it a little bit because it, it would kind of slowly come on. And I also noticed it was doing it in like more zero G situations, like unweighted. So in other words, I, it was, I'd have to be bouncing through bumps. And it gets to me in my head. It's like, okay, this has a carburetor on it and sometimes the float level and all this, you know, there's all these other issues. And so I rode around a little bit more and tried to see if there's any consistency in and throttle position. Nothing until I'm riding a little bit longer and I notice something my head remembers. You know, when there's some junk in the carburetor and it, it bounces around and it plugs the main jet or gets in the way of the main jet because it wasn't a complete like like the kill button completely shut the power off. All of a sudden, it just like lose a lot of power. And so I'm thinking about it. I'm like, okay, there's there's junk in the carburetor. There's something in the carburetor. And sure enough, I said, oh, look, there's junk in the carburetor. And so what do we do when we came back? After I washed my bike, yes, uh, we took off the took off the carburetor. The, we took the, the float, f- float bowl, then, the little thing, and the, and what was in there? 
It was gunk. Yeah, two nice big pieces of probably yeah. fuel hose, chunks of not chunks of fuel hose, but sections of fuel hose. And because this, I, I'd obviously done this before. I put a brand new fuel filter on this in inline fuel filter on this because I knew there was some junk getting in there. And so even after that, I'm like, okay, that's probably these are the problems. But I said I need to pull the whole bowl off the bottom of this carburetor. And sure enough, even there because it's been sitting, it's a 2005. At some point, it sat. There's the accumulation of the two-stroke oil or the residue. You know, there's those big chunks of of or not chunks. They were like 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 segments of stuff that yeah. we had to clean out, and and so hopefully it's good again. The, the gas evaporates and the oil doesn't. Yeah, yeah. The 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 gas definitely. Um, <laughs> and I and I don't remember the gas ever evaporating out, but who knows? I mean, I think the oil could have just sat down there. That bike sat at points for you know a year at a time. Did you run bean oil in it? Um, that's what I remember. That's what I said. I said it might have been the caster. Yeah. I may have run caster at some point. You, you see how picky I'm about my oils, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm always. I'm so. I I usually only grab three different cans of different types of oil to make sure that my oil is full. And mixing two stroke is just like, mm-hmm. you know, forty to one ish. Um, yeah. So that's so that's how you 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 know like take some time and think about it as opposed to just like you know flapping your arms up in the air and 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 saying oh this this doesn't work. You know, it's like okay, there's a problem. We have identified it. It's repeatable. It happens. Then start looking into it, you know, you know, if, if it were like, you know, I, I've gone to the point where is it lean or rich? I pull the choke, you know, and does that make it run better or worse or, you know, block off some of the air vents so that you can make it lean or rich or, you know, try pushing, you know, switch, switch out easy to switch out parts really quickly. And does it make it better or worse? Um, so, okay. Um, Nachi Quinty. <laughs> uh yeah okay uh new s- s- seating video no that's that's na- nauseating 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 video. oh to watch with the camera He's ta- so so is that is say that name again did she quinting that name is nauseating to pronounce <laughs> <laughs> yeah you with one he has one um one follower i think on on youtube and he's he's got enough balls to say that to us I, he's right you know but you know what there's a there's a <laughs> there's a button you can push that will turn it off and you don't have to watch it if it makes it nauseating cuz i don't watch nauseating but like the fact that like i would i would really prefer constructive criticism identify the problem and propose a solution kind of like i just talked about with the YZ125 we had a bog we worked through it we got a solution now we have a good running motorcycle yeah. this is all he's saying is it's nauseating he says nauseating video, video to watch the camera angle with the camera angle oh. it's like guess what i don't know how to do anything better than that so you throw up that's the res- that's the result of what you should do right there that's what i think yeah oh yeah <laughs> you get what you paid for like i can provide a service like actually i'm gonna start nauseating video channel and i'm just gonna do my shit and you can watch my nauseating videos and go from there so um you want to start that channel with me logan um sure. I'll, I'll let you edit him and then i can blame you yeah <laughs> 
Next. Uh, Doug Tooney. Hey, Jimmy, really enjoy the show, but my work schedule prevents me from watching Tech Talk Taco Tuesday live. So thanks for taking the time to answer my questions. I ride a 2014 KTM 200 XCW in Ohio and Kentucky. A radiator hose recently developed a leak, but I ended up replacing the all of the hoses. I removed the thermostat and housing because... I was too cheap to buy all the model hoses. So, um, yeah, so uh, uh, what's his name? It's Doug? Doug. 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 Um, yeah, hey, Doug, you're just like me. <laughs> like, if I could find the hoses cheaper, I'd probably do exactly what you did. So it, it, it's in reality, is there a problem? No, and he kind of identifies it. You know, like on a lot of the competition bikes and stuff like that, there's no thermostat. Um, on the... In, in in reality, on the four strokes on the fuel injected bikes because they do take a, a temperature sensor. There's a temp the temperature plays into the jetting and stuff like that. Um, it could cause your bike to run not as ideal as um, if you have the thermostat, which is going to. Thank you, sir. Um, it would you, you know your you, the the thermostat is there to help the bike warm up quicker and keep the bike at a consistent temperature. And so, yeah, Bob, you want to interject? If you're down hey, do you want to do this, host this show with Logan? If you're driving down a country road, right, and you don't have a thermostat, it's going to run way too cold. Like I was saying, it's it's in there to 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 make so so the temperature stays consistent. There's an ideal operating temperature for a motorcycle. Um, and generally. Like the way that they design the cooling system, they make the radiators big enough to handle the cooling load under normal usage. Now, if your normal usage is riding it in the snow and with cold air always flowing through, it is a lot different than us riding out here in August when it's 115 degrees. And so at that point, like when it's hot, you don't need a thermostat. It's wide open. It's just flowing straight through. It's maxing out the cooling capacity. So if you're if if you take it out, just warm the bike up. You know, make sure you warm your bike up. You have to be a little more concerned about that. It takes a little bit longer. And then and then just be careful if you are riding and the air is really cold and all of a sudden you're going to put a lot of air through the through the radiators um, going fast. But I tell you, in all of my years of desert racing and stuff, I've never had a properly warmed up bike seize because all of a sudden I started going really fast and you know, cooling down the, the, uh, you know, the, the radiator, my KTM desert racing bikes and they were 125 and 252 strokes, um, never had a thermostat in them. And I never had a problem with that. So, um, it's a, it's a, I think it's a convenience piece essentially, you know, just to make it, um, more, more ideal. But then again, your KTM 200 is not really meant to be going wide open down a road when it's 30 degrees outside. And that may actually cool, stuff down enough again okay it's 20 cents it's a really important quarter for the fuel injected bikes because they'll get so cold that they'll run off the end of the lookup table and think you're trying to start it in cold weather and just keep dumping fuel and dumping yeah fuel. yeah that's what i said that's what i said is like the, the 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 fuel injected bikes are a little more sensitive to this because they they're 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 mapping not they're jetting their mapping is dependent there's a there's there's a certain mapping for every temperature and if it goes down to too cold it's going to do whatever it does to 
do the startup. And on emissions compliance bikes, and maybe Chris Real can uh, comment on this a little bit more, um, they have special startup loops that, you know, when they know it's dead cold and if it gets down to that temperature, I don't know that the, that these ECUs can say, hey, whoa, we're starting again. And they do certain things where they get really rich and then really lean because they start the bike and then it can't produce emissions. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into those things. But um, his bike is not is not that. And I think uh, he's going to be just uh, fine. Um, oh, we were talking about working on your riding today. I was going to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you learn today? Um, Insanity 125 is a, the throttle is an on and, on and off switch. Yeah. 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 Actually, mo, mo, most, no, actually on a 125, the clutch is an on and off switch for sure. Yes. Did you, did I, did we, did we, we did, I didn't go into the whole clutch thing. I didn't tell you to just lay off the clutch, right? We didn't get there. No. Yeah. Which I don't touch that. You don't need the boost power? No. You don't? No. Really? You know, do you remember I told you my problem was like I get on it too early and I yeah. have to pull the clutch in. So I reduce the power yeah. with the clutch and like that's like my problem. So where, so where this, uh, where this show actually may go, if it goes on to Jimmy Lewis off road, it goes on to our riding schools things. We actually may talk a lot more or we may develop a whole new podcast show that deals specifically with riding techniques and how to deal with riding techniques. And that might actually be something you may have to pay for, subscribe to. Um, So uh, look for that in the, uh, in the near future. It's something we've been working on since, uh, since COVID Matt, you remember Matt, that kid that sits over there every once in a while. He's a prompt kid, but he tries to deny it. He's like, he's like trying to be all Reno. What is like Reno now? Like that's, that's definitely higher class than prompt, right? Huh? Not really. Huh? I struggle with that. You struggle with Reno. Really? It could be worse. I think it is. Okay. I don't know. It seems nicer. It's like uh, you can... No, we have mountains. You can see mountains here. They have their stuff. Like, look at the median house there versus here. Oh. Oh, yeah. No wonder I have to pay him all the time because he needs to afford to live up there. He could just move back down here and, like, live under a rock for for almost free. He's going to UNR. Yeah. He was a physicist. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, we've been working on developing some pretty cool stuff. So um, that's that's the thing that's going to take up more of my time. So um, we're kind of um, working on that. But so it's it's funny how I mean you 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 know you you teach at my school. You're a coach yes. at my school. You're almost like Jim, except you're not trying to sell me a KTM 500. Yeah. Right. Without a wheel. <laughs> well, no, the bike had the wheel when, when I agreed to the purchase. It just, the wheel seemed to leave the negotiations uh, <laughs> after, afterwards. Yeah. Um, but it, so did you ever think like what I told you and I told you, like, I wanted, I wanted him to, he was kind of like, so he, he was kind of rolling the throttle on a 125 and and it's that's not a, not not that effective, especially on a KTM. And we we actually talk about this in the test that we'll put up there that Matt wrote, <laughs> you know, about that that throttle. It the bike doesn't accelerate unless it's wide open. It when that throttle goes to wide open, that bike all of a sudden comes live and it starts moving. It goes fast. Yeah. So had I not said that to you, would you have would that have ever occurred? Uh, probably not. Probably not. In to go twist it. Just, just to, just to, we're, we're riding around a track. We're riding around a, probably a 
mile long, half mile long track, something like that. You know, just it's a sand track that we use. And we were riding around it, and and I could I could tell you were kind of like struggling with it. You know, or no, no, you were struggling. You're just kind of riding. You're just kind of yeah. you're just kind of riding around. You're doing okay, actually. I noticed he's really good at like staying in the lines, like ruts, like what usually freaks people out. He's putting his wheel in ruts that should bother most people and doing fine with it. I could because. Yeah, because he he was he was I, I every lap I'd come around and and his his track was right in the in the rut and it was getting deeper and deeper and no problems but he was also kind of squaring up the turns these all these little things you can kind of pick out but the one thing because I could hear it it was like just wasn't on the gas and I'm like okay Logan I want you to practice one thing just put it in second gear and I want you to just it the throttle is either two positions on or off you know just on or off and you did that for a lap. And yep. what did you notice? I was faster in majority of the entire track in second gear than what I was before. Yeah, and 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 a lot of it he was in over rev. I mean he it it like yeah. you know he got on like that, and it was actually going kind of slower because he needed to shift. But I didn't. I told him don't shift. Just yeah. just learn the learn the learn the power. You know like learn. And so just taking something that's it's really simple actually, but you never even think about it. And then just play with this. And then it was like, okay, now I'm gonna let you shift, but I want you to treat the throttle the same way. It's either on or off, and it's hard. Yeah. Because what? What happened now? Now you got speeds and bikes going really fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially his weight. I mean, that I thing. Say, yeah. That thing just yeah. gets gets up and goes. So when he clicks in the third gear and goes, that thing really really goes. So yeah, we we had a pretty cool, you know, just like learning that, and then. So we went over another track, and I heard you. You were riding completely different. Yeah. And yeah. It, and and then when you when you were stopping, when you stopped, and you were you're listening, you were listening to what I was doing, right? Yeah, I was trying to just listen and. Yeah, and it, it is that's the way you ride. That's the way you ride a one twenty five. Yeah. It's either it's pretty much on or off, point and shoot. And you hear those times when you settle the throttle to kind of carry your speed around something. Yeah. But then you get it pointed, and then it's bang, and it's either on or off. There's not you know if you if you do this, it's you you. You did something wrong, or you're yeah. losing time. So, um, pretty. It was pretty cool. I, I like I said, I noticed like the last time you were riding. Even when we were riding back here, I, I heard you. It, was, it wasn't before. It was like, you know, actually, you didn't hear him. You didn't really hear him. Yeah. And and on the way back in, it was like you know, you know, the thing was taped a couple times. It was good. So, um, yeah, good, uh, good on you. Um, so, where's our next top? Go for it. Um, Jim Jarvis. That was a class act by Ricky Brabeck and Sam Sutherland staying with Toby Price. That was nice to see among competitors. Also, nice job to by whoever is loading the Tech Talk Taco Tuesday episode so quickly to the YouTubers. Whoa. Is that a compliment? Yeah. Yeah. You like that? Yeah. Yeah. Is that going to happen tomorrow, by the way? Yes. Because if it doesn't, this episode may never get uploaded. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just <checking. laughs> So, um, uh, so uh, we haven't really talked. We didn't really talk about Dakar, do we? We haven't done a show since then, or not much. But um, yeah. If um, so, there there is a D- D- Dakar Daily podcast. I think the guys that did it. Um, Quinn Cody and uh, and um, some I don't remember the guy's name Z Ziggy Ziggy um, he's the guy that he's the guy that ruined Dirt Rider this Jesse Ziegler guy 
<laughs> um, they did an awesome podcast. This Dakar Daily podcast that they kind of recapped each day and did some stuff. And I don't know if they've done any more episodes. I, I haven't really checked because I, I think I used to get a notification on my phone, but I, I listened to all of them and I was on a few of them. Um, and uh, they probably learned how uh, how much work and how <laughs> profitable a podcast is. <laughs> That's probably what happened. Uh, but um, if you want to hear takes on, on that, I would suggest going there. We just didn't get a chance to talk about it. And hopefully uh, in the future, I'll be able to get Ricky and um, – and the boys back in here and we'll do some fun ones. Cause those are always fun. I, I yeah. really, it's funny because they hate doing media because it's work, but they don't mind sitting around BS here because they know it's not real media. <laughs> um, but Hey, in, in rally, in off-road racing in general, um, when somebody goes down, it's, it's, that's what you do. You stop, you know, you, at that point, your race doesn't matter anymore. And you just expect that the, race promoter or somehow will, you know, give you back that time or whatever. And in certain racing, they don't have the way ability to track it in Dakar. They do because they have a GPS and they have an organization. They know when you stopped and how long you were there and they can give you back your time and stuff like that. So in that rally, for sure, the, the riders know that, that, and, and they even talk about it in this podcast that some riders have used it as a strategy play before, you know, because they, they may, if they're opening, they can stop with somebody or they're close to opening. They can stop and stay there. And it, and, but I, those guys were truly, you know, I know Ricky for sure. And Sam, you know, with his teammate and stuff, they're definitely concerned with the, the safety of the riders and, and they want to make sure that the, that there's somebody there for that rider that's down in the helicopter, you know, till the helicopter comes and stuff. But that's, that's, um that's just the sportsmanship and stuff that we expect. And that's the way these guys really are because they don't, at that point, they're more concerned with their their competitor than their own race, and and that's the first thing that goes through your head. After that, you know, if there's some strategy to come into play, which actually Ricky kind of got screwed <laughs> by stopping, you know, just when he when he left and released, he rode in dust the rest of the day, as opposed to having just a few tracks in front of him and no dust. But um, it's uh, yeah, it's good. So uh, what's our next one? Um. Charles Walk Walters. Hi Jimmy, bought a 570 new in 2012. A 570. What are those? I don't know. You don't know? No. What, what are they? I don't know. Keep going. Okay. Uh not hard on it. Regular maintenance, etc. Checked valves two times once recently. Has not needed any adjustment or work to bike. I have 570 hours as of today. Coincidentally. Coincidentally. Sure, I I can hear the times. The timing chain. A little. No oil burn. Starts up consistently. I like taking long rides in Baja. Does that sound like a, a dating profile? <laughs> For me? I mean, it's like, it's... Is he is he trying is Charles is, is Charles trying to is Charles trying to like hook hook up for a little like um you know uh like a little rendezvous with some five seventies? Like we're not gonna talk about what kind they are, you know. <laughs> yeah. What kind what so what do you what do you suspect a Hooseberg is a Hooseberg? Are we talking about Hoosebergs? Yeah. That, that's that's like the lady boy of motorcycles, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh geez. Uh <laughs> Yeah, we did it. We talked about some Hoosberg 570s. 
How surprised are you that I didn't ride my Husaberg today? Not super surprised. Not really. Why not? No. Um, the last couple of rain days, you said you were riding the 125, and yeah. I was like, perfect time. Right. And because we haven't had that much rain, and this was a perfect time for. Right. It. It it uh, I'll explain this to you, Logan, because it's like it's kind of complex. You might need to have, to have the physics degree that Matt's working on to understand this. Um, so you need a certain amount of rain that 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 gets that goes down in the dirt enough to get enough traction for a Husaberg five seventy. Because, like I was explaining to like Ricky one time, he's talking about how fast his factory Honda four fifty rally bike is and all this stuff, and we were riding on this one trail. That for me was completely smooth and just just it was it was just awesome. It was like this road that wandered around and and uh, he was like, dude, that thing was just so hooped out. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I, I, w- I was in front of you. I mean, you didn't didn't. He's like, it was totally hooped out. And <laughs> and, and he's like, what? Your Husaberg digs hoops like that? I'm like, no, you don't even understand. There was so much traction that it actually warped the earth. So it's like, you know when a carpet gets kind of curled up? Yeah. Yeah, that's what my tire was doing to the ground because there was enough traction. It was just like, it was like making it like a strip of bacon. You know, like bacon comes out, it's like nice and flat. Yeah. And, and it curls and makes those wrinkles. That's what my Husaberg with a good tire on does to the trails. And so I have to be concerned about when I ride it. I mean, I really, that's only when it really benefits me to experience all that horsepower. So... Um, oh, your ears, Charles's Husaberg is worn out. We need to talk about this. <laughs> Husabergs don't wear out. Actually, if you're talking about working on them, we don't want to talk at all. It, yeah, just don't want to talk about it. Um, 570 hours. Uh, if it's not smoking, um, if you can hear the timing chain a little bit, uh, man, I just wouldn't work on it. <laughs> I would just keep I would keep riding it and don't touch it because uh, you you can actually take the timing chain off you can pull it you can pull the valve cover off and take the timing chain tensioner out and pull the side cover off and the igni- the flywheel off and I think you can get the timing chain out and replace it but generally if a timing chain is worn so are the gears just a little bit and um yeah just uh it, it pull it. actually what you should do is pull the cam chain tensioner out. On that bike, take the campaign tensioner out and look at it. And and when you look at it, it's funny because the way that the KTM's work, um, you can you can you can count the teeth that it's out, and it's really distinct because the way it, the oil that burns and the marks it makes when you when when you take it out, it'll extend. The spring will push it out, and you'll see a definite line where it was set. And if you're running out of teeth, then you need to think about your your cam chain. If you still got a few teeth in there, call it good and just. Put it back in there. Don't even replace the guy. Put it back in there and just run that bitch. Just let her rip. Yeah. Enjoy the sound. So um, yeah, no, we're not. We're not going right in Baja. Me and you. No, it's not happening. <laughs> Next. Uh, the kitchen technician. Tailpiece fell off my friend's in short order too. Should be a bloody recall. It's. Unbelievable, not on my two WRs. I just can't believe a manufacturer would even put this into production. In most of the events I do, it's always the KTMs. 
that have okay. the issue. Okay, I'm just going to put a brakes on this thing here. The tall kitchen, the the, the kitchen technician. So I, I, you know, that's what I do. When some people complain, I always go to see, you know, how they handle their 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 stuff. And he has like three followers or maybe five. This guy might have had five on the YouTubes. And so he's talking about the KTM 350 video that we did a few years back. And I complained about the, the license plate bracket because they're floppy and they break. It fell off his friend's bike. And so now he's concerned. So it's not even his. So he's concerned about his friend's bike and he's going to bitch to me about it on something that we identified as a problem. And now he's going to go into his love of Yamaha WR. So I'm going to, I'm going to introduce you to my buddy, San Felipe Bob. So you and guys can go find your own little chat room and just like talk about WR love. Um, and I have no problem with, with that. Cause he, he's like his he's going to stick with his 1999 WR 400, which I think, do you have to kickstart those? Yeah. This is still kickstart. Well, Good, because I love watching you guys kick and kick and kick while I push my button on my KTM, even though my license plate may have fallen off, and I'm going to ride away, and you can kick, and I don't know what you're doing after that. but uh, Especially the wr uh, and, and his 2003 WR450R, that one might have an electric start. Who knows? Um, he says, thousands and thousands of hard, rocky, gnarly trails and no issues. Uh, KTM has been sitting on their laurels for way too long. That's why. That's why. The <laughs> that's why they introduce a new one every two or three years that makes me need to buy one that says Portugal on it because, like, my buddy got one that said Italy because they change them so often that every year there's a there's a new thing, and 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 blue is a state of mind, baby. Like, <laughs> um. You you can't even get a damn license plate on your WR, so you can't even ride like on ninety nine percent of the roads that I ride on with your your WR, even though I don't have a license plate because it fell off. So, with you and your two two five followers, yeah, take your kitchen to technician. Do I have any kitchen problems I need to have addressed? I need to I need to talk to him. Like I didn't even see any videos on how to fix your kitchen. Like what? what? Do you know how to work on a Husaberg? <laughs> Right. Okay. Uh, okay. What's this? Um. Oh, this is a question from somebody. Eric. Eric. Okay. Yeah. Eric wants to know. I am taking a huge risk on the redoing the top end on my bike, or just keep riding until it starts doing something unusual. Oh, that was that was the Husaberg one. Somehow I pasted that in the wrong spot. Yeah, no, 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 no. You're not you're not taking a huge risk on your Husaberg 570. Just well, okay, I'm going to I'm going to let you in a little secret here. If you just give it a little hug every once in a while. Like you no, know, nobody has to look. We just like going, you know, just give your bike a little hug even at 570 hours, it's okay. You know, it'll 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 do fine. Just don't work on it. Just keep riding oil air filters all good nothing else uh so this is eric wants to know these questions uh would you run tubeless on a dual sport ride that takes you out into remote terri- territory uh the the question is would i or have i the, the answer have i yes would i not by choice um the reason is so tubeless is a is a an interesting system that turns your tube tire into a tubeless system 
problem is is uh, is it's it's the problem and the benefit. It's it's back and forth. Is tubeless is really good at running super low pressure in a uh, tube type tire um, that you don't have to worry about pinch pinch flats, but you have to worry about getting punctures in the tire and then some tires the carcasses aren't very good at holding the air whether it's seeping through the the seal that they create with a tubeless or coming out somehow through the tread area like if you were to get a small um, cactus needle in it for instance so for me tubeless is i never need to run in, when I go in remote remote territory, I typically do not run a pressure that would be advantageous to running the tubeless system. In other words, lower than 8 PSI. Um, and for that, um, you know, I, I, I would rather run higher pressure, 10, 12. And usually I run 12 all the time, 12, 13, all the time on my bikes that are that size, you know, the, the regular dirt bike size bikes. And you, you, so at that point, a tube, you're not going to get a pinch flat unless you do something stupid. And I know how to repair tubes and I carry a tube, but with a tubeless, I also carry a tube because if everything goes wrong, like you really slice the sidewall or something, you can put a tube in. So I carry a tube for that. Um, some people have said, Hey, it's just as easy to patch a you know, to use the plugs like you use on a UTV or a car, you know, to, to plug your, 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 your pinch or your, your, uh, your puncture on the, on the tubeless tire and stuff. But that's just a different kind of setup. And I would always still carry a tube. So it's just more things. It's, it's, it's maybe just a little too complicated. So the answer is by choice. No, I would not run tubeless on a dual sport ride. And here's the other thing about dual sport ride that I found. If your dual sport ride involves very low speed, where you would get an advantage from tubeless and then high speed. I've been riding on like, like washboardy roads and I've noticed my tubeless system, even at a higher pressure, 12, 13, 14 pounds, slowly work its way down because I think when you're hitting those bumps on the washboards or I've even had it happen on um, freeways that had the plates, you know, the, 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 the cement plates and stuff like that. Because I think that the tire actually buckles or ripples or something enough to make a a little bit of a leak between the tubeless and the tire, and so I've actually had them slowly go flat over long periods of time on washboard roads. I don't think they're ideal for dual sport. That's my take. Question number two. Um, I hear that patches don't stick to heavy duty tubes. I've found a <clears throat> a tube and patch combo. That are worth carrying. Have I found a tube and patch combo that's worth carrying? So no, I uh, uh, patches stick to heavy duty tubes as simple as they stick to light duty tubes or anything. Um, so the the tubes I the patches I started carrying when I was carrying them because I don't carry them that much anymore because I run mooses a lot of times now. But um, were these ones called scabs and they were these little purple things. They're made by the slime company, the company that makes slime. And you just take them, uh, rough up and clean off the area on the tube and just stick them on there and knead it, you know, roll it down. And I had really good luck with, uh, with those. There wasn't, there wasn't the need to run, uh, to have the little, little packet of, uh, rubber sealant stuff. Um, the rubber cement that no matter when I've ever, ever 
gone into my fanny pack to use it. Even if I just put it in yesterday, it's always punctured and hardened up. Amen. Yeah. So, and I've bought some that's in like little plastic containers and I've tried, I've tried putting them in containers so they're isolated. I've never, ever had that stuff be like when it's brand new, when you buy it from the store. It's never like that when I use it on the trail. It's either 90% worn out or completely worn out. So um, the scabs were pretty good, but they have a lifespan. And generally when I went into my fanny pack for the scabs, the, you know, the, the patches to use them, uh, I realized that they were at least one day past their lifespan. So they weren't as effective as the new tube I was also carrying. Or better yet, the new tube I made my riding partner carry because I always tell them I forget bringing the new tubes. It's your job. Um, number three, I am still suffering through the Garmin experience. It has let me down less than the others I have tried, and it is the devil I know. I'm considering an an Android phone with a GPS app. What is your choice for backcountry navigation? Um, I like how you are um, using the word Garmin and devil in the same, you know, same sentence there. I tend to agree. I don't know if it's a devil or... God, you know, whatever, <laughs> however you want to work it. But, you know, because my problem with Garmin stuff is they, they, they're kind of a little bit like Apple. There's a certain amount of proprietary stuff that they kind of hold to themselves and they make it difficult for you to take the information that you have in your Garmin and give it out or take information you want to put in your Garmin and take it in. I prefer more op- open source um, thing. That's why when my go-to for backcountry navigation is the Trail Tech Voyager. It's not for everybody um, because it's it's got its quirks and it's a little bit different. But I tell you what, that 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 GPS unit for a motorcycle specific GPS unit or a UTV specific GPS unit, especially if you have friends, which I heard that having friends is really kind of neat. It's neat. They they're like people you can do things with and they like enjoy you. You know about this, Logan? Oh uh, yeah. They have this thing called buddy tracking and a friend and a buddy, I guess those are synonymous. So the the thing about the the voyagers, you have this buddy tracking so you can see where your buddies are and and so if you're all using the the, the voyager it works. And Garmin actually had a system like this. They had these little things called Rhinos back in the day, but again, it was their own proprietary software and it was difficult to use, but uh, the the voyager's a little easier to use and now you can download maps into it and um that's a that's a whole that's a whole game changer for that particular one. But I use I typically use the um, I use JPS. It's the uh, Jimmy positioning system. It doesn't no satellites required. It's it's more like um like you know how wolves like can kind of <laughs> wander around and stuff like that, and they they howl and like do that. Yeah. That's how I position myself. It's strange, hard to explain. But we have another question. Oh, all-wheel drive a- ATV. Uh, <laughs> here, here's where I need to explain the 30%, the other 30% on like what, you know, like uh, what, where the, where the problems lie is. Um, so we're, we're doing dirt bike tests and we're doing this stuff that's, you know, arguably it's, you know, it's got good credibility. There's good information, good testing. We're doing about as much as we could for the, what we were, you know, 
we weren't really getting paid, but we were doing enough to, 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 to keep it rolling, doing some quality testing and things. And there, there could always be more, just like the guy wants us to test the two different headers and three different, do this, do that. I mean, there could always be more. And, and, and us as content producers, we always wanted to do more, but it was just like, if, and everybody goes, oh, look, cool, you got a brand new bike. And I look at it as like, I got to shoot a video. I got to write a test. Wait, no, I got to shoot the video and I got to make Bob translate my words and write a test. And then I have to edit Bob's words, which are worse than my words. But then we spend collectively twice as much time because he did me what we call a bro deal. You know, he's trying to help me and I'm trying to help him. And net net, we both get screwed. That's what a bro deal is. You got what you paid for. Right. Um, and so, so like, it's not a, just a brand new awesome bike to ride. It's a lot of work. And, and, and I don't want to just flip it. You know, I don't want to just go, oh, yeah, here and, you know, take the spec sheet, which is like what I think it was Kevin was the guy's name. He, he told us what was different between a gas gas and a KTM. Like they hand us. Well, actually, they, it's kind of funny. Gas gas and KTM and Husky. They're really funny about how they tell you the differences between the bikes. They pretend like they're separate companies. You know, but that's for them to decide how they want to present that. But, you know, so so you can just take the spec sheet like a lot of these guys do and drop, you know, whatever they tell you. Here's all the new changes. And and then and then that goes in their head that goes in like I want to test motorcycle guy. I'm going to test this. And then he he goes and like rides it and like, oh, what oh, what do I think about this? I'm not really sure what I think about this. What uh, what's everybody else saying about this? You know, and they're the, 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 the ears. It's like they grow at the intros like these guys walking around with these giant ears like they're listening for uh, the, the, the seats hard. Oh, you said the seat Logan seat hard. You th- oh, you think the seats hard? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, OK. Yeah. Seats hard. OK. And then like the other guy here, the seats hard. And all of a sudden now the seats hard. And that's where they're going to they're going to go with that, or or you know you're looking around, you know who the players are at these intros, you know you know who the hot chick is at the at the dance, and everybody's looking to see what's she wearing, you know that's what goes on at these intros, and and there's there's guys that are you know they work for the bigger names or they do the thing, and then they're, they they say something and they're like oh. Suspension's too soft. Okay, suspension's too soft. I can, I, oh yeah, suspension's too, right? Suspension's too soft? We'll talk about it. Suspension's too soft? Yeah. No, okay, good. Suspension's too soft. We're good. Yeah. We're, all, we're, we're, we're tight with this, you know, because me and him, and we don't, he said it. Oh, he said it? Yeah, okay. So this is what happens at these interests, and here's where your, your opinion is formed. And then guys like Kevin, um, they take it and they regurgitate and then they send it back to me. They send it, they, they send it to their friends. So all of a sudden they're, they're all sitting around. Did you hear about the new gas gas? Oh yeah, dude, the suspension's too soft. Seat's too hard. You know, <laughs> this is, this is where it's like a disease. And, and this is, this is where stuff, this is where, this is where the internet and, and the, 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 the social medias and stuff like that. It's, and I saw this coming, you know, back and the problem was back when it was just the magazine you could be a ding dong and you could work your way into the magazine game and get there. And you could even be running a magazine as a, we'll call you a ding dong, a dum dum. And you knew how to make your boss happy. You didn't know how to test a motorcycle. And, and I just saw here's, here's where magazines are going or content producers or whatever outside magazine, which we know is 
outside magazine. They're pretty environmental, environmentally conscious. Just I just saw them post something about Can-Am UTVs. And I'm like, holy shit. I, I'm like, really? Because, you know, they, they talk about like, you know, people driving off the edge of a dirt road and trampling a bush. And all of a sudden it's like off-roaders are ruining the world. And now it's like now they, well, guess what? Can-Am obviously came with a shit ton of money. And they just said, okay, well, we'll we'll produce some content for you or, you know, who knows how it works. Everything's getting kind of screwed up. And, and the, the thing with this, and this is where I want to go, go with it, is I can't compete with somebody who's better at promoting themselves on the internets, on the social medias, that knows how to tag, that knows how to. So these people are experts at promoting themselves and promoting their brand and 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 tagging and I mean I got literally sent to a a friend of mine set me up with these guys that were back when Instagram was more new set me up with you know these these guys that were Instagram influencers it was before you really heard the word and they're like oh you need to you need to go hang out with these guys and we went and kind of did a you know some stuff for my school and for it was building the brand kind of a thing and I got insta raped <laughs> because these guys had never been in the presence of somebody who could a operate a motorcycle at a high efficiency, be understood photography, and could put the motorcycle in the positions that I could put the motorcycle in. You know, that to do this stuff, and they were blown away by the amazing content that we got. And and so they they and all of a sudden they got to hang out with a guy who was sort of famous on the motorcycle side and they wanted to be famous on the motorcycle side. Now we're buddies. We're Insta buddy, Insta bros. And, and they had photos and it was just like, and they did good for me. They got me some followers. You know, that was the whole thing. It's like, you need more followers, not followers. Or, you know, and it was just this whole learning curve of, so you have people that are really good at understanding how to manipulate. It's your eyeballs. It's, it's, you know, the people that are watching. And I, I don't want to say that I'm doing that now. Because I don't, I try to do it a little more organically. We'll just say this is who I am. This is what I do. But you, you're on the other side of the screen, and there's other people that are really good at manipulate, you know, manipulating your eyeballs, and it's how they tag it, how they post it, how they understand how the algorithms will digest whatever you're doing and put it in front of you, and al- al- algorithm algorithms. Yeah, <clears throat> I'll get that right. Algorithms, um, how they, how they, you know, how they process this information, and then they provide it to you, and all of a sudden now you're you're second or third party removed from what you actually wanted. You wanted a credible guy to tell you about um, motorcycles, but there's a guy who's better at tagging his stuff, and there's a guy that's better at you know doing all the stuff in the background, even though he doesn't know how to produce this content and or you know make the content reliable and and it comes down to like who okay where you know you got to trace it back where's the money <laughs> you know where's the money going how's the money and it's like or you know from the social media platform side it's like uh he's not getting as many eyeballs as that guy who tags him better even though he says so we're going to put a flashy thing and all of a sudden it's like if i grew a beard and stood around in my garage and uh, did some fancy camera editing work and made a good title card for my YouTube video, we get twice as many views, but that's going to take me, let's see, beards, three months. 
and the title card is Logan was supposed to do that, but you you haven't gone to school to do that yet? No. No. Okay. I didn't teach you. No. No. You should have Googled it. Um, and then we'd be better off because there'd be a better title card. And even Trevor tried to help me. You know, we got the fancy graphics because otherwise it'd just be me sitting in front of that Mexican restaurant logo and going, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday with my thumb up like this. It'd be a, <laughs> This would be your, your lead. Yeah. So this is what this is what we're up against. It's like it's like it's like are you really interested in the information? And now it's like okay, something's getting more and more views. All of a sudden it's like collectively we're part of a club. You're it's like you may have a crazy idea. You may be into Yamaha WRs like our last, you know, question was. He's all into Yamaha WRs and he, they'll figure that out and they'll start putting you in front of other people and Front of WRs, all of a sudden, him and San Felipe Bob, they're all in the same thing, and they're talking the Omaha WRs, and it's like we hate KTM's, and it's like really, it should be buying a Honda CR450R, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's that? That's the uh, where's the read? You're supposed to just drop right into that read, Logan. Boom. Bam. Yeah. Oh. Oh, uh, where is it? Right. Yeah. No, that's the California emission standards for off-road uh, vehicles. Logan, you blew your yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so really so 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 <laughs> that's why this show is so good right <laughs> john would like a cr450r i think where is that guy oh big john yeah yeah where is that guy he's off the radar going playing with aliens aliens huh yeah we have those out here <laughs> So okay, do your do your thing. We got to do it two times. We'll get this out of the way, and I'll I'll keep bitching. I don't know where we're at. <laughs> uh, Honda's new Sierra two fifty. Whoa, um, restart. Uh, Honda's new twenty twenty one Sierra four fifty R is designed to take you straight from the starting gate to Victory Circle. This awesome open class motocrosser features an all new chassis, a major engine overhaul, new suspension, new bodywork. And you can forget about clutch fade adjustment or hand fatigue with the new hydraulic clutch system. Lighter than ever, the Sierra 450R explodes out of corners when it's time to increase your lead. So get on down to your local dealer and check out the 2021 Honda Sierra 450R. Go to mx.honda.com to see our full lineup of competition bikes. The Sierra 450R is intended for a closed course operation only. So mx.honda.com to get your next bike that's not a Honda or a Yamaha WR, where you can go into the chat room and enjoy it. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks to thanks to Honda. Actually, I talked to a couple other sponsors. Um, Climb has always uh, been supporting me since like we started doing anything with dirt bike tests, which has been really good. Recluse has been on lately. Um, I use their stuff quite a bit. Um, Fast Company. Uh, I run flex handlebars on pretty much all my bikes. And now my new e-mountain bike got flex bars on it. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Like mountain bike suspension is amazing, but at the same time, it really sucks for comfort. Yes. Like they, they don't like comfort evidently means your, your bike is inefficient. And so it's the same thing. Flex bars on my dirt bikes can make bad forks good, and they do the same thing on my e-bike, which is kind of crazy. Uh, pretty stoked on that. Um, 
I'm going to be testing some Kreft suspension coming up soon. Uh, getting a really, really expensive uh, setup on that, and we'll see how that works. It's basically like factory-level suspension for my uh, KTM 500. I'll probably put it on the uh, the bike that says Portugal on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the six days bike. <laughs> it's the six days bike. Uh so well, Bob kept raising his hand over there, and his arm hurt so much. It was hard. His hand was up for so long, I wanted to see how long it could stay up. But it's good exercise, Bob. What, what, what did you want to know? You were describing the, the new bike introductions. And right. How that all works. You're describing groupthink. Groupthink, yeah. It goes on on Instagram. It's insane. Well, and, and it, this is larger than just motorcycle media and, and industry it's it's this is this is what's going on is all of a sudden with with social media and 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 the ability to to connect through the internet and in all of a sudden when you were if you were an outcast if you had some crazy ass idea and you were doing whatever it was and we'll just talk in dirt bike terms it's like all of a sudden you thought a trials tire was a good thing like trials tires they should be used everywhere and you you start going down trials tire avenue where it's like we, everybody has to run trials tire because they're less damaged to the ground and all this stuff. I know people like this. I was kind of one of the first people that actually, you know, kind of started embracing the trials tire, the media. It's on the media side because I tested it. I, I, I said, you know, I'd ridden trials bikes and knew how good they were there, but how do they work on a dirt bike? And I tested it and I quickly identified, okay, there's definitely some positives and definitely some negatives. It's not just one size fits all. But hence... But now, if you were just that guy, and there were a lot of them, these old dudes that started running tire, trials tires when they're out trail riding, and I started running into these guys that didn't know about the internet, and they 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 would, you know, they would be out trail riding. You go riding with these gnarly guys that are going on really gnarly trails and doing all this. They're all running trials tires. They hadn't talked to it. They didn't even know about each other. But I just run into them, and. Then they would start going on their spiel about how it's better for the trails. Typically, these guys also worked on main trails, maintained trails, did all this stuff, but they didn't know each other because they didn't have the ability to connect. Had they had the ability to connect, <laughs> they could have formed a group and started feeling more comfortable about their trials tire stance because they didn't really want to talk about it too much until they wouldn't even say anything to me and said, you know, I'd say, you know, I've run one of those. They're really good. And they're like, you, you know they're better for the trails, and then they, then they then they pipe up and they they start telling you about their their thing that they've discovered that now all of a sudden you're part of their their club. They weren't going to come out of the closet about it, and now all of a sudden they're all in. They're going to tell you this is what's going on, and it, it's a crazy idea. And but at some point you have to use some you have some use some oversight and go well if so just in trials tires if you're the kind of guy that spins like spinning your tire and you like skidding. A trials tire is more de- destructive to the trails. I've watched this. I've seen it because they, they're horrible on the brakes. If you start skidding, they, they essentially hydroplane. They don't grab as good. And if you start spinning on a trials tire, it's way worse than spinning with a regular knobby. It just doesn't grab traction. It spins better, and it throws more dirt, and it digs better. So it's, it's a double-edged sword. Is it better for everybody? You talk to the guys that have been exclusively running these things for a while. They're convinced it's better for everybody because it's better for them doesn't mean it's better for everybody. So I don't know if you can kind of there's a there's a big load of <laughs> of stuff. But you you start finding your little niches on you, you can find a club and then all of a sudden you can get kind of engulfed in your club and then you can kind of lose track of what the the real 
the reality is, and and so we're gonna we're gonna see this a little bit in this next group of questions that Logan's gonna read. That thing died. We're doing yeah, good tonight. Yeah. But I have a question for you. I remember you telling me that you ran the trial tires because they were cheap. And then cheap? You started running it. Yeah. No, they were not cheap. They were more expensive. No, the Pirellis were really cheap. And then you made them uh, a, a, a real niche market. And the, the price went away. The, <laughs> no, I, I don't. The Pirellis were cheap when they were overstocked. And then this, then when people started realizing that, hey, you know, they're, they're, they're for certain people, they're really good. Then then they you know yeah if you hadn't run them they'd still be cheap. Well, no, they would have quit. They would have quit producing the numbers, and it would have gone down and down. And they would have gone back to normal prices. It was overstock. It was they'd done too many. And now look at all. Now look at now, so now we have hybrid tires. You know now we have trials compound and knobby tires, and we have we have trials light tires, trials spacing tires. There's a, there's so much different things because all of a sudden you know cooler heads prevailed. And we said, Hey, let's, let's, let's go from these two extremes, like trials tires or not. And then we'll figure something. There's really, really good options. But, um, where this is going is just like, you know, now with social media, everybody has a voice and everybody can, and can, can, can talk like Kevin can sit there and tell, tell me all this stuff. And like, God, do I, have the time to pay attention to it. And I, I do a little bit, but it's like, I don't like to like, what did I tell you when we were, when I was, when I was collecting these things, this is, this is all about the all wheel drive Christini adventure bike, which there's a 10 second video on, on dirtbiketest.com. And this thing just somehow it went someplace and it sort of went viral. And now it's half a million views and 10,000 comments. Everybody's got to say something about it. And so I went through and I pulled some of these comments just to say like what, so this is, do I deal with this? You know, in, 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 in this is, it's coming from all different directions and you can see where there's some people that actually have some really legitimate questions and they have questions and I want to answer those questions. That's just my nature. I like, I want to answer those questions, but then there's the, there's the, the dipshits that just, just want to shoot something out and they didn't do any, they, didn't, they saw something on the internet and all of a sudden now they're an expert and, and, and they're going to tell you how they think. And you with, you know, three or five followers, or you've never done a video and, you know, and then you're going to complain about the video or the information. So, yeah, let's, let's start with the, what is, what does the center gin Whitney say? This system on the TW 200 would make a truly unstoppable bike. They already seem all-wheel drive. Haha. <laughs> I hope Christini eventually builds a kit for every popular bike out there. A Christini fret. A Christini fied. Fied. Um, Serif 300L rally would be like the bee's knees. Or their kit on a three-something tenere. If they were, if they ever effing build one, <laughs> might just be the greatest bike in the, in history. Those great big adventure bikes are just way too powerful and big and heavy and expensive for most riders. So, I'm just gonna break this one down. This is one. This is one where I'm just kind of like it. Kind of he kind of hit on all spectrums there. So this system on a TW200, so all of a sudden, he, you know what a TW, that's that fat, mm-hmm. tired Yamaha, Yamaha thing. 
Um, so that's his bike. I can just kind of tell that that's his bike. And nothing wrong with that if that's your bike and stuff, but that's his world. But you start seeing where this road he goes down. He's obviously paying a lot of attention because he's talking about CRF300L. That's the new Honda bike. And he's 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 trying to get Yamaha to make a bike for him, a 300cc-ish Tenere. For some reason, so he's TW200. He likes Yamaha. He wants Yamaha to make a bike just for him. So he's become entitled by the Internet. He gets his information from the Internet, and he can reach back out to the Internet and, and lob this to someplace where now he's seen a two-wheel drive adventure bike, which is a which is, which is, is a test bed. It's a prototype for something that was tested that I had, and we decided to throw a video up. Just, it, was some, it was somewhat to gauge interest. And, well, guess what? Two weeks ago, it gauged interest, and people. A lot of people said they want this, or they didn't understand it. But this this guy is is all of a sudden he's found what he he's seen something he likes, and now he's going to tell you what he wants exactly. And 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 then it's it's funny because at the end he tells you he tells you what he wants. He wants a three hundred cc all wheel drive Tenere. Because his his fat tires didn't do it for him, which is a really weird, unique niche market just for him. Now he's like, I want a two-wheel drive Tenere. Okay, so he's, he, that's where he's at. In the end, he throws in, those great big adventure bikes are just way too powerful, heavy, and expensive for most riders. Okay. I mean, I mean, like, what, what was the purpose of, like, lobbing that into the arena? Well, yeah, but that's what people want. That's what they're buying. That's what they're spending their money on. That's what's that's what's that's what's out there. But there's there's the internet for you in a nutshell. It's like it's like this is what I want specifically. This gives a bit me and then and then and then and then all these other all, all you regular people. Overdid it. Yeah, it's not. It's a full moon. Not that. No, this was done a couple weeks ago. He posted that. But anyway, okay. Next, we're gonna go. Um, Amani Sony. My Royal Enfield can ride on sand, on the sand at sixty kilometers an hour speed. Okay, so he's watched the uh, he watched the uh, KTM all wheel drive video, which the the this video, I you know if we were pretty up to date and stuff, we'd post that video on our web page and say, hey, go here and look at this, you know, the show page, talk show or whatever. There's, it's on the it's on the YouTube's. Um, you can probably search it, whatever. Um, it's on Dirt Bike Tests YouTube, so. It's just, a, it's like a 20 second video of me like riding up into an uphill sand, which you never do in an adventure bike and stop. And then I try to go and you watch the back end dig in. Then I engage the all wheel drive and the bike crawls itself out and moves. I disengage it. It digs in again. I engage it and it goes again. It's just to show it was, a, it was kind of, it wasn't really for publication. It was to show that it actually worked to some people that didn't believe that it worked. Um, and then, and then we decided to put it up there just to see what the real world thought. And this is where we're at. So, is that a Him- Himalayan, the Royal Enfield? Is it the Himalayan that he was riding there at sixty kilometers an hour in the sand? Oh, uh, I, yeah, probably. Aman Sani, you are just a better rider than me because I would not ride a Himalayan at sixty kilometers an hour in the sand. Especially not that sand, because if you hit where I stopped at 60 kilometers an hour, you would you would actually plow into that pile of sand. I, I guarantee you this, because I you know, don't ask me how I know. You would actually plow into it. The bike would start going up on the front wheel, 
And then when it finally did, it would it would actually the skid plate would bottom out, and then you would you would probably start cartwheeling into the sand dune that's right in front of that. So you and your sixty miles an hour can just um, go to wherever um, uh, Gen P Thacken Thatcher I mean, ship, whatever. Sixty kilometers. Sixty kilometers. So it's you know. 36, yeah. Ned does the math straight up. If you hit that at 36 miles an hour, it would not be pretty. Logan, we rode it. We, on the way back, we rode right over that thing. Oh, I didn't make it up. I was going 10 miles an hour. I did not make it up. Yeah. Well, you should have gone straight on. You should have gone 60 kilometers yeah. an hour. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the way it works. I would have went <laughs> over the hill. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Craig Alberts posted that video up on the chat room if you wonder where it's at. So. Uh, what is, what is, what is, Jen, uh, Jurin, Jurin P. Thacken, Ak, and Ak Chen. I thought this was clickbait. Click, clickbait. Sorry, I gotta, my back's gonna have to take a break. I gotta go lay down. Uh, usually you're, yeah, at this show, like we're, we got two out of three people out of here. That's good. Yeah. No worries, Ned. Yeah. Have a nice one. Uh, we'll try to make the show shorter next time. It's like Jimmy's the only one who has to get up at four o'clock in the morning around here. <laughs> Not this Jimmy, that Jimmy. Uh, I thought this was clickbait. So that's the other thing you get, you know, like, like, so we go and put a little something up there and it's clickbait. Thanks. Thanks you. I didn't check on his followers. <laughs> Ethan McLeod. Um, if your bike needed all wheel drive, maybe it's time to consider that your bike is too heavy. Hmm. Let's see. If your bike need all wheel drive, then you know they're same. <laughs> you're thinking same the, thing. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean that. That's the. Um, no, maybe you want to ride heavy bike, and here's here's where that technology actually really works. It's just like I have a a lot of four wheel drive trucks. I do not drive them around in four wheel drive until I need it. Then I use it. Then and my. Some of my trucks are heavy, and they're, they're fine most of the time. But then when I need it, I'd click it in four-wheel drive or pull it in four-wheel drive or however you put it in four-wheel drive these days, and it, it works. So um, that that's the way this bike was the, – the prototype was set up and designed to work. So, uh, yes, you're right. <laughs> Pen, Penkai? Front wheel must be powered by electric motor. So this was a comment um, that uh, there's probably like 200 comments that said that. And the answer is no, it's not powered by an electric motor. There's a lot of reasons for that. The technology for that isn't quite here yet. It could be, but it's not here. Um, so it's driven mechanically. And had you looked at any of the other 872 comments above you, which at least 50 of them explain that it's a Christini. It's a Christini all-wheel drive. So people just get on there and they just paying out a comment. And it's like, okay, you've taken the time to watch this. Do you do the research? And then I wonder why we even, you know, is it my fault that I didn't explain it? It's a 10-second video where there's no audio at all. <laughs> you know? So I guess next time I, I need to do I need to do an explanation of this video now that it's gone this viral, but that would take time. And, Logan, you're going to have to shoot it and edit it and um, – and probably it's going to take time out away from your girlfriend. That's going to be tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What's next? You going to give a shot at the name? No, that's yours. 
Oh, Haraki Yatati uh, Takador. Right. Perfect. Um, in 2015 or 2016, I saw a video on Natju C. NGC slash discovery. A man modified his bike and made an all wheel drive. You make it out of like. But, but this bike's cool. <laughs> what did he make it out of? Like, you know, sticks and stones or. Okay. Yeah. Good. Glad. Glad that somebody did that. Not sure why it's relevant. Like, but okay. Uh, Lori Givens, you had to take your weight off and limp, limp it along. Seems very inefficient. Dumb. Oh, well, Lori. Um, yeah, I took my weight off. It. The problem is, is um. Hold on a second. Can I can I pat myself on the back first? As a super high level rider with skills that are beyond your comprehension, it's hard for me to do things wrong, and so. That's my normal technique every single time I start in the sand. So if you want to know more about that, you can come to www.jimmylewisoffroad.com and learn how to be a awesome rider like me. Uh, that was almost like a read, wasn't it? A little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I did not have to take my weight off the bike. I just can't help myself. I could use improper rider technique, but... Maybe next time when I need to get somebody that doesn't know what they're doing, I'll give you a call, and uh, you can come and sit, plant your <laughs> ass on the seat, and take off. And what's funny is the bike will do exactly the same thing as it did in the video. It'll sink more when it's in one-wheel drive, and it will take off more when it's in all-wheel drive. Just saying. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, you get this name, too. <laughs> Dion Van Der... Western Hun. Yeah, you're not you're not going to be able to go to um, Netherlands anytime no. soon. Yeah, uh-uh. yeah. Uh, there was a better and cheaper way to get out that bit of sand. Look up and ride faster. Oh yeah, I, I should have known. <laughs> you with uh, this this guy had at least two followers and no videos on instruction on how to ride, but there he gives. To someone who arguably might be a little bit better rider, have some more rider cred, he tells me to look up and ride faster. So, which, that's the problem to everything, right? Get over the back and gas it. Okay. I'm I'm going to subscribe to you for that. Because I think that's, that's um, yeah. No, the, the, the whole video is to illustrate what an all-wheel drive adventure bike can do. That's, that's what... That's there. But, you know, just get over the back and gas it. So, perfect. And we wonder why. <laughs> this is the this is the second 30%. I haven't even talked about the last one. I don't know if I'm going to get to it tonight. <laughs> uh, okay. BF3 Forever Greenie. Someone explained to me the big difference between a sport bike and an adventure bike. They look th- like they... Like they... Like they're the same way. I now sp- are sp- sport bikes faster than adventure bikes, but other than that, what's the difference? Okay, so this 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 so this is a guy who's obviously somehow the algorithms pointed him at this video. He he was probably 
he probably stopped looking at um, nudes and, you know, checked out a couple of motorcycle things. And maybe one of them was an adventure bike. And then somehow he was, you know, he was into overlanding and he got directed to, to dirt bike tests. And it's like his question is actually pretty legitimate, legitimate. Someone explained to me the difference between a sport bike and an adventure bike. Like it's just a you're just a new person. You want to know you've found this fascinating thing. You've asked a legitimate question, which is buried in 27 people who say electric motor thumbs up. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's misinformation. That's wrong. Um, and then he couldn't find it evidently to, to, to go in there or he just asked the question. I don't know if this is the right video to ask that question because there's probably a hundred videos on YouTube that say, this is the difference between adventure bikes and sport bikes, <laughs> you know, and maybe that's the next video that the, that, that he was fed. But so it's funny because some people felt the need to start commenting on it. So now we've got sub commenters on, on this. And, and I could say that's a legitimate question for somebody that doesn't know. I, I appreciate this. I like try to explain those kind of questions or answers to, to people. That's a good, that's a, that's a good question. If you don't know, it's like, well, maybe just get a Harley. I mean, and, and probably I don't, I didn't read all the answers. I haven't read these yet. I just cut and pasted the whole thing. Somebody will probably tell them that like, dude, Harley's the only real bike. And that's what you're going to hear in this thing. Cause now all of a sudden you have a voice and would you say that if this guy stood up at the, you know, whatever meeting it was and said, I have this question, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm new. And you know, is that the answer you're going to give him? So what is it? Is askew? Uh, yeah. Adventure bikes can be used for light off-roading on things like gravel, where sport bikes are more for road. So Eskew is really trying to help here. He's one of those guys that wants to give. He feels like, you know, he's like me. He's like, he wants to give you a good answer. He has the time to take the time to give you the answer that you're, you know, that you're kind of searching for. You know, to, here's here's the thing. So there, there we go. And then... um. There, <laughs> you don't have COVID, do you? I don't think so. Okay, you don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, don't give it to me. Okay. I don't want to die because um, it could kill me, just like my damn motorcycle I rode today. I think two-stroke oil kills COVID. Oh, okay. <laughs> did you read that on the YouTube's? Did you get that on a, on a form? That you're, are you, did you find a little small group of people that you now like? You you're a mob that you you believe yeah. that. So you guys, were you injecting it or like drinking it? <laughs> Because uh, I know we did a two-stroke. We did a two-stroke cloud in my garage yeah. day after we yeah. cleaned that car out. That was pretty good, huh? Yeah, I wish it was caster. You weren't, you weren't running bean oil, were you? No. Oh. No, we, hopefully we took all the residue of the bean oil out. Why? Is bean oil bad for you when it burns? Oh, yes. Hydrocarbons? No. It, uh, it causes you to loose your bowels and will poison you. Huh. You didn't shit yourself, did you, Logan? I've never done that. <laughs> Okay, so what's uh, so, um, so now they're going to argue, right? No, uh, SQ. He's uh, B, the guy who asked the question is now asking SQ. What is it? Um, but it looks like they would weigh the same amount. So what's the adventure advantage? I advantage. I can't just take a sport bike with some off-road tires and go on a large trail. So he's asking. He can't take just take a sport bike. And put knobby tires, and go. so at least he understands that there's a difference in the tires. I mean, there's yeah. some some knowledge there, but this is where this is where all of a sudden now we're going down our specific rabbit hole, and uh, and trying to figure out what 
you, you know, what's going on here. So the next question, uh, <laughs> five days later or no, <laughs> yeah, a day later. Uh, sorry, I just realized you were asking about sport and adventure bikes, both dual sport and adventuring bike, adventure bikes can be used off-road. Adventure bikes tend to be heavier since they are more bulky and big compared to sport bikes. And then, and then he, and then he, so then he suggests a video, you know, for him to, for him to watch or something like that. It's like, Hey, go, go look here. So this is like a, this is like something that went off the rails and then it got constructive and then somebody tried to help somebody. But in the, in this, in this thing, and now, now we're looking, I don't know how many comments are on this video. Somebody could probably look at it. You, and you can look, you can go there and look at all these different comments and you can see how much is just gibberish, just people spitting stuff out. And finally, some sort of information comes out where a guy actually, you know, gave this guy some valuable information. I don't know. I didn't look at the video to see where it was at. But that's that's kind of few and far between. Most of the time we're sitting here looking at stuff, um, you know, what, uh, you know, essentially I'm just trying to kind of figure this stuff out. So Chris Real, Real, Real asks me like so where where is this going um dirt bike test at the short term is not going anywhere um we are going to we um hopefully they are going to continue to you know put more content up there and i'm going to um do stuff when i can uh i i want to i mean and where this where this tech talk talk to tuesday moves to how it where it ends up how it evolves um that's yet to be seen um we'll we'll kind of we'll kind of see where that stuff goes um i'm trying to think seeing some of these other uh videos <laughs> that are pop people are putting stuff up on the facebook feed um michael uh clug asks you tested the nitro moose with a parker dt tires recently did you end up with the right size moose using the charts they have by tire sizes and rim width correct I'm thinking of using them on my 500XC for the annual trip. Um, yes, it, their their chart is very very good. It's it's really good, in fact. And that's that's new moose, new tire. By the way, if you're thinking about stuff, and remember, mooses as they wear, they shrink a little bit. So, um, you know, take that in consideration. But their their charts are really good, and I've been I've been very happy with my uh, setup, and everything is really good. Todd Kelly wants to know whatever happened to doing these on YouTube versus Facebook. Most podcasts I watch are on there. Um, most people, uh, we just have a community here on, on Facebook and I didn't want to kind of switch it up. And in order to do that, I mean, we could actually multi, you know, band with this out, uh, would take a person in here, an extra person in here, quote, producing it and sending it out to two different streams through some sort of uh, app or software that costs additional money, which uh, we kind of talked about some of that earlier. So um, you can watch it on YouTube. You just have to watch it later. You don't get it right away because Logan has a girlfriend now. She's pretty nice. She waved the other day. I didn't, I didn't scare her away or anything like that. I didn't know that was, they were all like locked in that truck. Yeah. Like caged animals in there. Uh-huh. Yeah, they came. They came to pick. They came to pick him up, and there was like, it was funny because they were there. We didn't realize there was a whole bunch of caged animals in that truck, and like the doors opened up, and there was like, it was like party inside there. <laughs> the cheer, yeah, there's a cheer team. Yeah. 
cheerleader, huh, Logan? Logan in the middle of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, um, any other good questions? Um, what about my nav training? Uh, uh, Shelby Kyle says, Jimmy, what do you think the reason is for Honda winning two Dakars in a row from KTM who have had many consecutive? Is it the Bikes Riders program? Curious your take on this. You have unique understanding behind how the Dakar works and more curious on uh, what your job is. Oh, oh, Shelby, hopefully you're still here because this was asked a little while ago. It's all me. <laughs> no, bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I tried to convince them to all ride Husaberg 570s. <laughs> um, no, it's... Uh, it's a lot of things. Um, Honda wanted to win. They wanted to win from the time they invested in the program, and they just kept they 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 kept getting beat down is the best way to put it. They they had a lot of failures and a lot of problems, and instead of looking at them as failures, they looked at them as lessons to be learned and to improve on, and that went from everything from and mostly on a lot of on a lot of fronts it was improving the bikes, but at the same time. I think it came from from the American side with with uh, Johnny Campbell and myself working with Ricky, and and uh, some of the some of the guys working with um, with uh, 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 Joan and the guys working with Kevin and Nacho. They all have everybody has guys and teams. I mean, rally isn't it, it's like and it's like even when you listen and watch the motocross and the supercross guys, we there there's there's people behind the scenes that do stuff to to help them advance because they're just they're they're good at what they're doing, but they need help. And so, so Honda spent a lot of time and a lot of money improving that bike, making that bike better and better and better. Not to say the KTM wasn't doing the same thing. In fact, they they are working on a new new bike all the time as well. But on my side, we focused with Ricky on you know really working on the navigation because we wanted we knew Honda was going to work on the bike and and Ricky worked on the bike too. I mean, I tell you he probably wasn't happy the amount of times he had to ride in 110 degree heat to do durability along with his other teammates to cuz they're the only ones that can ride that bike to to do the durability on it, but at the same time we were working on navigation and stuff. It's like, "Hey, if your bike's going to be good and you screw up navigation, it doesn't matter how good the bike is." And Honda expected the riders were going to be as good at navigating as they were going to make the bike. And so it was a team commitment. It was a big, it was a big team. And I know just from working with all the different guys over the, over the course of it, and I work, you know, kind of mostly with Ricky. And then also I work with Andrew Short, who's now Yamaha and they're in the same boat. <laughs> they're in the same boat as Honda was a few years ago. They want to come in and win this thing. They've won this thing before. They know how to do it. Honda won it a long time ago. They know how to do it. And, and if they're going to put the effort in the thing is, but so on my side, we just work on the navigation. Uh, there's no, there's no magic. It's, it's hard work. It's like, you know, and at the level that these guys are at, we, we, they understand the basics. They know what it is and they come back and they say, Hey, we're having a problem with this, or this is, I think we can improve here. And, and they come and they say, in our racing, we can improve here. And then, then we develop some training that works to, to to play to that, and 
And when you see other other guys that are say like like for instance like Skylar House for instance it's like well like Skylar he should he should have a factory writing should do this and that and all this other stuff and it's like um you know he he's come and trained with us a little bit in the past and stuff like that he's if I were just to sit there and just blank and say well, what why can't he have a factory ride it's like well he can but a lot of these other guys come with money they come with a personal sponsor or something like that. And so if he wants to sign a contract to ride for free, and I know this because I was in this position, he can get a factory ride to ride for free. And then he's in no better position for himself. But he hasn't had the opportunity to train for the last two and three years to work on this this stuff, you know, navigation-wise. So he's struggling there, and he has no problem with the speed. He's got that. He's got the bike riding ability and the speed and stuff like that. And and so it's it's a combination of all you know, different things. And so why Honda is where they're at is because they worked really hard. It's not what they did last month or last year. It's what they've been doing the last five years that put them in the position where they're at now. And maybe KTM can kind of take a look back at the last five years and say, where do we, where do we go wrong to end up where we are here in two years? And, and they may have not gone wrong at all. They may be sticking to their program, but somebody has a better program, you know, and somebody will come with a better program. And that's how, evolution and 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 racing and every once in a while somebody lucks into it but i can tell you with 100 percent certainty that i haven't seen anybody in the last few years luck into a dakar win it just doesn't there's too much too many variables so um uh shelby hopefully that answers your uh question and uh good um you see any other good ones in there we missed um George says he had a friend boil his bike out without a thermostat at a race at a race start, and he surmised it was because it cooled and didn't stay in the radiator long enough to cool it. Um, yeah, that that yeah, I mean, yeah, sometimes <laughs> it spins, but at the race start, um, he probably just let let it sit there and idle, and it overheated. The thermostat wouldn't help on that. Uh, yeah, probably. Well, and if if he if they started talking about the clutch, um, what is Chris real talking about? The drop of water in the bottom of the carb. Um, oh, that was the for when I was talking about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, the, there was no uh, trust me. That thing was so wide open. No drops of water would have survived that moment. <laughs> I had it taped, didn't I, Logan? Oh yeah, wide open. Yeah, I let that thing eat. Um, so yeah, I think we've got most of the uh, thing. Uh, what about a coalition with other content producers to cover the road bike side and you cross over to each other? Um, I think I own streetbiketest.com. dot <laughs> com. <laughs> I actually, I actually reached out to some guys that were getting kicked out of the magazine world, and um, yeah, it's it's yeah, I. Yeah, I don't know. Just uh, I, I'm doing this because I'm doing dirt bikes because I like it. I worked really hard um, in racing to to get where I did it racing, while the while working at a media type jobs to support the bad habit when the racing went away, and I managed to kind of keep that rolling, and it's still sort of rolling. But I'm at the point where it's not as thrilling and exciting as it was before. I don't. You know, as much as I want to test, and when I hop on a new bike, I want to know everything about it. 
I mean, I want to know. So when you ask me a question, I can give you an honest answer. And unfortunately, now that requires putting out a video and putting hashtags next to it and da 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 and all the other stuff. It's like, so if I could just go ride your brand new motorcycle and talk about it in this podcast or do a podcast about it, then that knocks off about, you know, 50% of the work, you know, how hard hey, you got to go shoot photos the other day. How was that? It was fun. Fun. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't do any of the. Okay. <laughs> so notice the age difference here. <laughs> so when I go do photos, it's work, but it's, I, it's more fun than probably cooking bacon at yes. IHOP, right? Yeah. But at the same time, so you, you went and did all these photos and yeah. you went in, and Matt shot them. Yes. And Matt shot the photos. You guys were trying to help me out because you knew I was in a panic situation. We need to get some stuff done. And so all this work was done and what happened at the end? Unusable photos. Right. Do we want to tell, tell why? It wasn't because the photographer was bad. It wasn't because the equipment was bad. It wasn't because the rider was bad. It wasn't because the bike was bad. What, what, what went wrong? Gear. Gear. Yeah. We had essentially mismatched gear. There was just something that was in the in the gear, and I, we may actually run the photos. I may just run them just just because, but I mean, because in in the in the re, in the real world, in the in the grand scheme of things, most people would ride with exactly what, and you wore the exact same gear today. Yeah. He was wearing, I'll just put it this way: he was wearing gear company boots with boot company gear. Uh-huh. Okay, so do it. You know, yeah, do do yeah. do the math. Like, as a professional, as somebody that's supposed to know better, and, and they didn't know. I didn't, I, didn't brief them, I didn't brief them on, you have to wear this gear. I didn't provide them the gear. So, okay, so, Jimmy, you got a brand new bike. What do you have to do? Well, I have to get gear for the photo shoot at the right size for the rider who's going to be riding the bike. That's, that's part of the requirements of getting the gear. You have to find the photographer. I mean, it's just like the list of stuff that goes on. It's not just go out and shoot these photos, but it was kind of like... Okay, Matt, camera's sitting on the table there. Grab the camera. You grab Logan. Go out and shoot. Shoot. Go shoot the bike. They actually got some good photos. <laughs> the gear's wrong. So, if we put that up there, all of a sudden, what do we? What do we collectively dirt bike test? What does it look like? Yeah. Most people don't know, but those that know, all of a sudden, now we've. One, you know, we just gone down. It's we're not we're not at the same level. And I promise you, I promise you, the guys that are the guys that are kicking our ass on the amount of views and stuff will not do will not would never put a photo like that up there because it's just perceived as dorky, wrong. Those guys don't know. It'd be like me telling you right now about the new. I, we'd be talking about the new, let's say the new gas gas 350. And I start talking about how the carburetor works. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I'm like, oh yeah, the carburation on that bike is, and it's like, no, it's fuel injected. No, no, about the carburetor. And like, like, oh, oh, they didn't tell me. And that's what happened. I didn't tell you. And it's like, but we don't, we don't use it. We protect ourselves of that. So there is the, um, there is the, uh, there's the conundrum and it's, it's nobody's fault. It's my fault. It's it's literally it's my fault because I didn't provide the gear and set it out and say okay here's the camera and here's the bike and here's the gear. Oh my god! 
you know, so it's it's not just it's not just one thing. And it was the same thing. You had that that beta X trainer was over here the other day. We could have just gone out and shot it, but I looked at it and was like, "There's duct tape holding that one radiator shroud together. It's not a photo worthy bike. You can't necessarily do it." And there's people that will do that and they'll go out and ride it. And they also, but they're the real they're the real world guys that are just telling you the kind of the way it is, and they only know about half of it, but they'll still do it. So it's the, it's the the paradox of where we're at. It's my fault. I'm complaining. Oh, right. So. <laughs> I never even put that together, but it's totally true. Yeah. He's got boots from a year coming, a year coming. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nobody's fault. I mean, they, they, they work, right? They're good. It's good gear. Yeah. yeah. It's good gear. It's good boots. You wear good, you know, it's, you, you, it's. I hate the way but, you gurus talk about gear. But the perception, the, it, it, like I said, the overall perception is a little bit different. It's not, it's not that. Yeah. It's. It's not to this level, and and if you're going to do it to this level, you have to. It has to be mm-hmm. done that way. So, I was looking for the. I was literally looking for the photos where it was so backlit that you couldn't see the boots. <laughs> I was like, guys, there one there or two that we could use in there and, and get it done. Um, Harlan Miller, hey Jimmy, I have to replace the stator assembly on my '85 Honda soon. <laughs> Is it better to replace the stator with OEM? Used condition or aftermarket new? Pros and cons, thanks. Harlan, um, there's a company called, I think, well, Baja Designs used to rewind staters, but there's also a company called Ricky Stater that used to do stater rewinds, and they did really, really good work. So uh, hopefully that answers your question, and um, I would I would just have it rewound. I mean, that's just my experience on the staters and stuff like that. Dave Scott, I have a 2019 KTM 459, I think it means 450 XCF, I would like to run lights. I ordered a Trailtech 80 watt stator and cooling fan and acquired the necessary wiring harness. Can you give me an idea on what like I what light I can get away with not to overstress the electric system? I'd like to use an LED headlight and taillight, but not sure how much light output I can reach with that. Well, let's see. Um uh it's, it's <laughs> I, I don't have the manual in front of me to see what your stator output is, but you're, if you're doing 80 watts, um, then how do you do the, How do you do the electrical stuff? I so here's what I do. <laughs> yeah, there's some math that you can easily do. Um, you 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 basically you know add up how many watts you're going to be drawing. And if you're doing 80, um, you there's a certain amount that the bike's going to take that's going to require. So you can literally, you know, basically. I typically these days I run my my lights directly to the battery, and when when if I want to know how I'm doing, I have my bike at kind of idle or just a little bit above idle, and I make sure that there's still a charge going to the battery. That's the simple basic you know caveman methodology for doing it. When you're running your lights, are you still putting a charge back in the battery, and then you're okay. And it kind of depends on what kind of battery you're running. If you're going to run a hard load on the the battery all the time i would i would kind of steer away from lithium at this point in the game i would still try to stay with lead acid um as lithium especially doesn't like the the kind of like the high loads pulled against it at a constant in my opinion uh just from testing uh what the people on youtube say um i'm sure they have better reasons for that <laughs> so is that it yeah we're all done you passed your bedtime what, do you have to go to school tomorrow or something like that? No. No. Nope. Online. Online school. Yep. Right. 
do you do you get up and brush your teeth and do all the stuff? Put some nice clothes on. Um, I put a nice shirt on. Put a nice shirt. <laughs> That's like me for the show. You know, I'm naked underneath right here, right? <laughs> all good. Hey, everybody, thanks for thanks for hanging out with us for this long. Um, sorry for my rants tonight. I'm I'm a little bit bitter on some of the subjects, and uh, we'll see. Like like dirt bike test is not going to disappear. Um, we're just maybe some stuff will. Um, change unfortunately we're not going to be putting out uh, new magazines that i know of or i'm not going to be i might contribute to some if somebody can figure out how to put them out uh same thing with the with the website i'm probably going to slow down uh, putting stuff up there and just concentrate more on doing the stuff with the school uh so you're gonna have to reach out to trevor at dirt bike test and scott at dirt bike test if you have any um, questions about that i don't know where this this meaning Tech Talk Taco Tuesday because it is kind of a dirt bike test branded thing is going to end up. It sort of depends on whether those clowns can um, get me sponsorship money. <laughs> uh, so if you have questions, comments, concerns, uh, email Logan at where's what's your email address? Gmail. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Logan will handle all the, uh, the, the things from that. So, uh, but, uh, Hey, I, like I said, I really appreciate the people that are like our regulars, our locals, we'll call them on this thing. And I've been looking at <clears throat> other upper, you know, other deals on ways to, you know, kind of support it and stuff. And I don't, it's kind of, it's, it's really worth what you're paying for it now. <laughs> and I can't, I can't really raise the price on that because it's not worth, it's not going to get any better unless, and if I can make it a lot better then maybe we'll figure something out. But at this point, uh, it is what is, um, it's good times. I'm probably not going to be, and we're not probably not going to do one for another couple of weeks, but, uh, I guess if you're signed up to however you sign up to get notified when we go on, um, it'll be there and you can kind of check it out and we'll sure for sure post on our dis- different social platforms, how things, uh, how things will work out and where we're going to, where we're going to be. But I don't think it's going to disappear. I just think it's going to, you know, kind of do a little shape shifting if, if that's what it is. So unless Logan's going to start hosting next week. I think I need someone with a bigger moto mind. Than- bigger moto mind. <laughs> What about Bob? He's always raising his hand. You just have to put. You, he just has to like be behind a black box, He's like kind of scared of the camera. Remember You're the just un- unknown comic? the unknown comic kind of thing. Yeah. Well, he kind of looks like that right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. You guys could run this thing. I'll just kind of come in. I'll actually I'll sit over there and I'll just start yelling at you when you do something wrong. Uh, beer, beer beer bottles going across. So. Okay. Um, hey, thanks everybody. Thanks Craig, Todd, Mark, um, Harlan, um, Rusty, all the guys. Uh, Troy, I will. Um, is George still there? Or did we put him to sleep? He probably drank himself to death <laughs> having to put up with with all this. Uh, Victor, um, all the people. So this will let me go to real ta- uh, ta- Taco Tuesday. I can go down to. I can go hang out at Ramiro's. We can just do this in person at Ramiro's, right? <laughs> So, uh, again, thanks to the sponsors, uh, Baja Designs. Uh, I'm just going to kind of run through some of the, the people that I know <laughs> sent, the, sent the checks in for the first magazine. Um, Tour Tech, uh, uh, Rottweiler, um, Double Take. There's a lot of companies that have been with, you know, you can kind of see them. They've been around on my uh, world for a long time, and I really appreciate that because, I mean, it, it literally that's what kept me racing and, and now they're kind of supporting me in this stuff that we're doing now so 
We'll try to get your boots and your gear matching, right, Logan? Yeah. Yeah, good. <laughs> so you can do more photo shoots, and then you can put everything up in dirt bike test. Sure. Okay. With that, <laughs> we will uh, see you out on the trail. Okay, cheers. So that exciting episode of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday was brought to you by Recluse. Recluse is a maker of incredible auto clutches and a whole lot more in the clutch department. They make street bike clutches. They make dirt bike clutches. They have clutches for your adventure bike. Some of them are auto clutches. They make a lot of replacement parts in the manual clutch, their torque drive system. There's little parts like slave units. There's protection parts. There's a left-hand rear brake, all kinds of stuff for your clutch and transmission, even oil. So if you need to know a little bit more about Recluse, you can always check them out at www.recluse.com. That's spelled R-E-K-L-U-S-E, proudly designed and manufactured in Idaho. Remember to support all of the sponsors that support this show, and we will see you in the next episode.